On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the guys lament life during the lockdown before getting into a must-own hot toy set and a tangent-filled talk on Star Wars 2020 number 4 and Bounty Hunters number 1. They then break down the latest episode of The Clone Wars while using new information to predict how the rest of the episodes will play out. Thanks to Sam Witwer, they also reflect on his statements about the final four episodes of the show and how they provide the best Clone Wars stories to date. Of course, they dissect the Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and Mando rumors before recapping the Skywalker Saga documentary found on the Tross Home release. And finally, it's time for the Top 5 Plus 1 with a special pick from the Haywood Pop. Cue the music. <laughs> Everybody, I'll spare you after last week's ridiculously long Hey Now, and I'll just give you the, the, the short, the usual, the primetime show special, Hey Now. What's up, my friends? How's it going in lockdown? Is everyone else having as much fun as Nick and I are not? Yeah, I mean, I the conversation I just had with my man Nick offline was enough for me to almost jump off a bridge. So I, I, I feel bad for the man. So hopefully over these next who knows how many minutes we'll talk, probably at least 120, I'm hoping to cheer Nick up a little bit. You know, give him something to think about outside of the uh, obvious, you know, the, the, the clearly direness of the world we live in today with this fucking virus, uh, the economy, Nick's work situation, this, that, and the other thing. Shit's getting grim for my friends. So, you know, we're going to try to lift his spirits by talking Star Wars. And as you heard, there's still plenty of Star Wars stuff to discuss. I know Disney's fucking around with the movies. There's really not much else going on outside the Clone Wars and the comic books and this this uh, High Republic nonsense that you have to read. But Nick and I are still generating the content, putting the shit out there, and obviously sitting down at least once a week from our bunkers, lockdown, shelter-in-place style, delivering one episode of the greatest, the dumbest, the lamest, the most assholiest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. All right, buddy. You know, things, things aren't great right now, right? You know? Th- things are a little tough. So just for context, over, over the weekend, just to add insult to injury, my I cracked my phone screen just <laughs> being an idiot, fucking around with it like a moron. So I had to pay $300 to get that fixed. 300 bucks for the screen? Yep, $300 no. to get the screen fixed on a Galaxy S10 Plus because... The whole phone was basically unusable once the screen was cracked. So that sucked. It was a very bad crack. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, with this whole shelter-in-place thing going on, my girlfriend and I, Taylor and I, are getting ready to close on our house, so we have no fucking clue what's going to happen with that. It's We're safe. supposed to have a walkthrough It's safe tomorrow. to be going and interacting with people right now for inspections yeah. where you definitely can't do the, the six feet of social distancing. So. Yeah. I mean, on top of all this nonsense going on, Nick more than likely has the virus at this point. I, it's probably, yeah, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion. Or, or gave it to someone <laughs> and they're probably dead. So, 
if you hear about uh, me being bedridden or completely just unusable as a human for a while, you may know you may know why. But yeah, we'll see if, what's you, going if you on. see me posting application <laughs> uh, requests on Instagram for a, a temporary co-host, you know why. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we could get some we could get some good talent in there. Make sure they hit the record buttons when <laughs> yeah, they start in the, the, the DH. They'll be DHing for Nick as yeah. he's recovering from the HIV. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so. I mean the poor guy. He's shit's not going well right now. So send those positive vibes throughout the force, my friends. Like Ray. What does she say? Can you hear me? Are you with me? Are you with Are me? you with me? Be with me. Be with me. Be with me. Be with me. Do you hear him? Yeah. Be with him. Be with him. Be with, me. Be with him. Right. Be in him. <laughs> like the virus. But anyway, I mean, we got a good set of yeah, topics this week. There's some shit week. to talk about. There's some shit you to know, talk about. Some cool toys that Matt's probably oh, yeah, yeah. himself so up over. <laughs> this seems to be the deal these days where uh, Hot Toys waits until the day after we record to drop the next amazing must-have matches cream to jeans type of product <laughs> reveal. And it happened again last week. So the, the day after, well, the day we dropped the episode, this news came out. We got this, uh, I got tipped off from our buddies over at X-Clue Magazine, but... Uh, we knew it was coming, but hot tie, hot toys, hot hi, hoy, uh, hot toys unveiled two collectible sets based on characters from the Mandalorian. And guess what? It is they're beautiful. Baby Yoda in one six scale and Din in full. Beskar. They come together Full. as a pair, as they should. Father and son. The child is finally available in one six, one six scale format, but you do have to get it in this, uh, you know, this collectible set, Nick. You have to, you have to get the Beskar, full Beskar Mandor, or Mandalorian as well. So, you know, someone like me, this was a, a very easy decision. Four hundred dollars worth of easy. Well, it wasn't you even, the, the you deluxe? know what was funny? I was way off. I, I, I didn't update okay. this because it's not like I'm a, a journalist or, or anyone that really cares <laughs> about correct information. I mean, we live in the age of misinformation, so I might as well spread some of my own. <laughs> uh, but, dude, when I went to finally pre-order these motherfuckers, uh, the deluxe set. So, again, Hot Toys is now offering a standard or deluxe set of 1-6 scale full Beskar Mando and 1-6 scale Baby Yoda. They want to call him the child. They can go fuck themselves until they give us his or her or its name. (laughs) Okay? So, clearly, if you're a real deal collector, you don't even say, hey, should I get the deluxe or the standard, right? I mean, I'd punch you right in the face. If you ask me that question on this set, Nick. Yeah, I, I assume it's deluxe or nothing. Yeah, because deluxe, you're getting not one, but two Baby Yodas. You get oh. his carrier. You get the ice cream maker with best car steel slabs in it. You can't, yeah, can't beat that. You get the little fucking uh, hollow projection thingy wingy. <laughs> Yeah, you get, you get the what does he call them? The the whispering birds or whatever. Yes, yes. 
The whispering birds. Whistling birds. Yeah, whistling, whistling birds. birds. I mean, no one ever accused us of knowing what the fuck we're talking about. So they're whistling, yeah. whispering. Who gives a shit? They're things that fly out of his gauntlet and kill motherfuckers, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all you need to know. And all of these deluxe additions here are very, they're very nice, I have to say. I, it's I ridiculous, would... man. I mean, this deluxe set, and I, I had to ask Trevor, one six shooter, because he's, he's, I always go to him when I start to feel a little FOMO on one six scale stuff, because that's like his bread and butter. I'm like, dude, what does one do if one already has the standard non-Beskar armor Mando pre-ordered, one six scale? Does one cancel and just get the deluxe set, or does one keep both? And he pretty much came back and said, quit being a pussy. <laughs> right? He's like, you get both. Yeah. That is what you He's do. like, you could always trade off one of the baby Yodas for food and, and ammo if, if the world goes to piss, which it probably is at this point in time. Yeah. And he's right. So I, I, I definitely pre-ordered this motherfucker. I guess I should look up the price because, dude, I was I was so off. I mean, it was it was vintage Matt speculation, <laughs> but on a, on a price of a figure. I mean, what did I say three fifty four hundred? I mean, I was yeah. off by at least a hundred bucks. I bet, if not more, uh, on the over or under? Oh, like I was way high. Way okay, high. okay. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. It, it was so ridiculous. I, again, I went to Trevor. I'm like, dude, they're charging. I think like two thirty for regular Mando, and the fucking deluxe sets like a, a, another fifty bucks. Yeah, it seems like there would be some sort of like what like yeah, why here we is go. there okay, such so a small Mando price and the spirit, Child yeah. Deluxe Nick is three thirteen. Okay. Uh, Mando standard two fifty nine. The Mando in non Beskar armor just by himself, I believe, is two forty three. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, only seventy dollars more, and you get the full like yeah, you deluxe get full Beskar and armor. a fucking one six scale Hot Toys Baby Yoda. Like you know, yeah. it looks like he has a full cloth little potato sack around him. He can pose. He's got the necklace. Uh, oh so, yeah. I, like I said, I was way the fuck off. I mean, yeah, it's a no brainer. <laughs> That's mile. a very easy. One. I'm like the deluxe will be at least four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Hey. You got it pre-ordered. We'll see some shots from Matt for this very soon, probably within a week after it comes oh, out. Because you know how quick. we're all going to be dead. I mean, let, let's be <laughs> yeah. real. There is no Mandalorian season two. Everything is over. I yeah, mean, these figures now, we're just paying non-refundable deposits for fun because <laughs> society is, is bound to crumble. Yeah, it's it's a question mark if you can even get them delivered at this point. Yeah, there's so. there, there's no shot in hell. There's no because all this shit is made over in Asia for the most part. I mean, I believe Hot Toys is based in Hong Kong. Yeah, so good luck getting that shit. Right. Anytime and we're, we we are soon to be the epicenter of the pandemic. So it's not like there, you know, we're we're even gonna have uh, distribution channels. So we're we're yeah. all fucked. But I still recommend pre-ordering just in case some magical being comes down from the sky or Luke Skywalker shows up with his laser sword. There we go. All right. So that's your hot toys update of the week. Now we're going to move into the comic books because I have committed and have remained committed to the pledge. Nick is waning a bit, but we'll give him a pass because he just, you know, explained his ordeal and it's no good. I mean, he's essentially risking his health 
mind, body, and soul to get his house. So yeah. you know, he can't deal with these <laughs> comics right now. But I'm staying on top of them, and boy, am I glad that I am, dude. Because these things just, especially the Star Wars proper, I mean, these things just continue to excite to add new wrinkles to canon that I think are worth talking about. And that's typically what we focus on. I mean, I, I do videos on them. They're essentially canon updates. So right now we're on Star Wars 2020 number four. It's continuing the tales of Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie, and, uh, you know, a little bit of Vader talk here and there post the events of ESB. And there was a few very interesting additions to canon that I wanted to discuss. And I guess we'll just start with the first one. Nick, and one that people probably didn't even think about and I'm a diehard and I never thought about this but I mean I guess you could say there was a plot hole technically in Return of the Jedi but yeah this comic book explains in detail how Luke gets his Red 5 X-Wing back yeah I know you never really thought about that at all (laughs) you're just like he got there somehow and you assume yes he got there on Red 5 but then he falls down the shaft he ends up on the Falcon and you're like well you know he doesn't need that (laughs) Right, but he, so. he has it again by Return of the Jedi, clearly, and yeah. he takes it off. I, I mean, let's be real. I, I'm Sometimes I'm, I'm grabbing, like, uh, Nat's asses here to, to make some content for you motherfuckers, okay? Like, I, I get it. The fact that Luke gets his X-Wing back from Bespin and we see how might not be that, uh, that interesting, but what else do you got to do right now? Yeah. So watch the fucking YouTube people. videos. <laughs> get subscribed to YouTube. I'm eventually going to quit doing this shit because, it, it, you know, one of these years, I'm going to realize that it's a waste of time. <laughs> It'll be when YouTube shuts down as a property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when, when Google COVID shuts takes it out down. all of Google. So yeah. uh, basically, how he gets it back, well, you know, we, we learned the last time that Luke, Lando, Leia, and Chewie all head back to Bespin to do various things. Luke's looking for his lightsaber. Lando wanted to save Lobot, so on and so forth. Chewie's just Chewie. He's the heavy. He's the muscle. Uh, Leia wanted to learn about the carbon freezing process and got her ass frozen. So, anyways, in this one, we f- we see how Luke gets his X-wing, and essentially Lando knows where they would have stashed any random ships. And as they make their escape, he grabs it, and there it is. So that's that. Boom. We also learned in this one who really finds Luke's saber or his father's saber. Yeah, apparently right. it's it's not somebody of immense force power as everybody expected. Right, so, the, that, so there's that. some fuckery going on with this Nick because <laughs> she's still referenced heavily and Luke actually is on his way to go find her at the end. So he has almost a, a force connection vision about her. Okay. But did, did she really? Now we do know it's a girl, by the way, too. I don't, I, I don't know if we clarified that last time or not, but this, this woman that... You know, everyone, that when they first tease that, oh, we're going to see how Luke gets his lightsaber or how Maz ended up with it. And this uh, figure in a hood was holding it. And Nick and I were like, that looks like boobs. And I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Neanderthal, boobies. It could be a girl. <laughs> well, it is indeed a girl. But that shot probably was some force shit, you know, like force trip and stuff. Because... yeah. We do find out, after all, that his blade did fall down into the trash bin like Lando said it would and where Luke went to find it, but he had to go, you know, kind of help some other shit going on with Leia uh, that he also saw through the Force. Uh, But they show, towards the end of the comic, it gets found by Inagna. 
So. It figures, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> who keeps the trash, right. you know, investment are the Ugnots. So it makes total sense. But there's, there's an interesting revelation. So I think, you know, we may see how Maz gets it kind of on the side. But at this point in time, Luke clearly states, like, you know what? Fuck that lightsaber. It belonged to this guy just found out as a a scumbag, and I, I don't need it. You know, yeah. I, I just need to force right now. I'll figure some shit out. Okay. See, that's a good move on his part. So he moves on quickly from it, and that's why oh, yeah. we get the green boy. Luke, was, Luke was pretty interesting in this issue, man. I mean, he was doing some force shit where it's like okay yeah he's a skywalker i mean you gotta remember this is still the asshole that didn't listen to the 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 master of all masters yoda and left to go save his friend so he was not very trained uh probably no more trained than ray was after her stint with angry luke yeah uh but in this comic man i mean he has that intense vision where he he sees this lady on this planet that he thinks has the force he sees that leia has gotten her ass captured in carbonite and then to save her he literally simultaneously unfreezes every prisoner the empire has in carbonite holy shit yeah while also taking every trooper's guns with the force Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, dude is, uh, like, night-level, borderline, master-level shit right now. Yeah. I I don't know if because he's, like, pissed about what he just learned about his dad and the lying from Ben and Yoda or what. Uh, But his force, some would say, might have been a little too OP for this point in his career. (laughs) Uh, But it was was cool. And and really, the only other thing I wouldn't have mentioned to you is... Uh, you get a clear picture that it, still at this point in time, Lando fucking hates the rebellion. He has no intention of helping them outside of getting what he needs to get out of them, and, and that's that. So I'm assuming we're eventually going to see what turns him around and eventually makes him want to volunteer and become a general. So yeah, that, I assume that that yeah that has to come in this run because if this is going to go all the way from you know, the time of ESB right up until the beginning of ROTJ, then you have to kind of cross that Yeah, bridge. you would think so. And I, yeah. I think they're angling that way. But I, that's why I like this. I like this angle they're presenting. And it to me, it is cr- true to the character at that stage. I mean, his only connection to these fuckers was Han. It's not like him and Han were even the bestest of friends. They, they yeah, might have y- been y- <laughs> more frenemies than anything else. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, close acquaintances with grievances against each other oh, yeah <laughs> big time big time um uh, so it feels character correct to me at least at this stage in, in lando the character's progression uh, yeah. that he's kind of like you know fuck these motherfuckers yeah it's like what did they ever do to me they never fucking helped me out anything. yeah he's like anyone else he's like you guys are fucking crazy i got i'll look out for lando see ya yeah that, in terms funny. of the woman do you think that this is them trying to create another Mara Jade type character. Do you think like are there any hints? Could this yeah, be like I, a force? I don't know because from- Luke makes it very clear that based on the vision, he saw that it was a like a, a trinary star system, so he was able to have R2 kind of, you know, cross section the, the star maps and find the planet. So he's headed there. So one would have to assume that she is a real being and not something that the force is projecting to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it for a second, when we first had that reveal and we were talking about like, who could this figure be? 
I was thinking that like fuck maybe maybe it's Ray world between worlds like you know jumping and you know she knows the significance of this blade and how much it is of value to her. Yeah, because then at one point in time before we decided the thing had boobs, I was like it could be even Luke himself coming back through the portal essentially. Yeah, it could. <laughs> it could have been like the world between world open opens up like endless possibilities to who that character could be but i think it's really cool that they do kind of like respect the timeline and not all of a sudden say like well now that tross is out we can just fucking time travel everything and make it crazy like i think it's a lot better that this is like an actual person that luke can have a connection with because outside of mara jade and the old canon like he never really had like you know he had han you know or han and leia but he never really had a ton of friends like Luke Skywalker wasn't really. No, nah, he, he was kind of a. Know. I mean, he became the ultimate hermit essentially. But uh, I mean, he yeah. he took his master role seriously. He was more or less like Yoda. I mean, a yeah. little more lenient on the Jedi ways of you can't care about anybody. I mean, he clearly cared about uh, his sister Han and and those types. Uh, but I, he, I think he dedicated himself to rebuilding up the the academy. Yeah, yeah, like actually building the Jedi Order. Right, and, and not, those were like, going to be his peers and his friends and his his family, if you will. So, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. I mean, yeah, it's good, man. I mean, who knows? I, I the the Ray angle you mentioned would be very interesting, but it wouldn't work technically, right? Because yeah. then Luke would have already met her and have known it, or maybe he couldn't say he knew her because then it would blow up the, the time continuum. You never know. I know. Like, it would be like weird. <laughs> time travel is, rules are different in, in every franchise, apparently. So Yeah, like it, uh, it, you would be getting into like alternate timelines right. and stuff like that. I, I'm just, it, I'm just you know. aching for anything Ray. I mean, I, that's one of the reasons this, the new trilogy, when it all ended again, I, I don't hate it. I like it better than the, than the prequels. But I just, I don't know. I love Ray from the beginning, and by the end, it just never felt like she was fully developed. And and even with Kylo, I mean, yes, he got way more development than Ray, but it still felt like, eh, we needed more uh, self reflection time, get inside the uh, get inside the mind of these motherfuckers. But we did it, and you know, Ray is Ray. Her journey is what it is, and it just kind of bums me out. I mean, I, I fucking gave my, my, my kid's middle name is Ray, so it's not like I'm just some <laughs> jerk-off. I mean, I really like the character. Plus, yeah. she's a fucking beautiful woman. You know? There you go. I can't help it. I'm creepy. I'm old. She's young, but, I mean, she's just <laughs> a... She's just one of those humans, uh, man or woman, where you look at him, you're just like, Jesus. She is. She's a very interesting... No wonder I mean, you people pay you millions to be on TV and stuff. I really, and the thing is, is like with Kylo, you know that there's there's extra material to cover with him, right? Because he had such a exactly a, he he had more to his character by default by being yeah. a solo. I mean, Ray truly was a nobody for the first two movies, and they're like, ha, 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 you're a Palpatine. It's like, hey, hey. and it's like. <laughs> In the way that it's done is like you can't even you can't have extra content unless it comes after Tross, 
that really discovered that really kind of explores that like you could have with the rise of kylo comic series right which i thought like that is a fantastic if you like kylo no you're 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 100 because like, ray's story is set now she literally was just a, a vagabond hanging out on jakku and had no clue of any of her connections to anything i mean yeah, yeah she felt that chill when ben decided to make the uh, the jump to the dark but as Nick said, there's there's no real content to frame around. I mean, all you could literally do is write a comic book about how Ray became a good scavenger. Yeah, and I think the best way, if they want to continue that character, and I think they should, is you have to make post-Tross content in either novels or comic books. But I don't I'd know take, if they're willing okay, to man, do hey, that. Come on, don't put novels out there. You know I'm not going <laughs> to fucking read that shit. So let's let's put the vibes out for comics. I would yeah, I would yeah. love that. I would love some Ray Ray comics. I mean, because I'm still someone that whatever the Palpatine thing. It is what it is. It's set in stone now. But I would have been fine with the whole Ray Solana thing. Not even I'm not even saying Trevor's arc. Just Ray stayed a a force pimp, kind of like Anakin yeah. was. You don't know why. It just was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be done. I think it could be done. I mean, they had a ton of old content that came after episode six and yeah. in the old EU. I just don't know what Disney's plans are. Like, I don't know if Disney is, is now thinking of the Skywalker saga as like episode nine is the end of the end and there's nothing that can come Dude, after that, it. Dude, I mean, at least the way I interpret their, their messaging all of last year, really the whole buildup was bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... It, I, I, I mean, feel, is that, can you not even to, mention the fucking Skywalker? I mean, she's not really one, but she gave herself the name. Can we not even talk about her anymore? I mean, clearly, they own Daisy's appearance for life. I mean, yeah. So they could definitely draw her and do comics, like like we're saying. But as Nick said, have they kind of painted themselves into a corner with all this, you know, chest puffing out like this is it? Skywalker swan song you know what I mean I mean that that's kind of the message I got is like hey nine is done see ya no more stories fuck off and in in my opinion like episode nine the way that it ends is the beginning of Ray's story like well I do technically just because the way the fucking narrative went you could argue it's the beginning of all the new character stories finally yeah yeah, like exactly. Finn exploring like, his Force connection, Poe exploring him humping Zori, uh, <laughs> Ray uh, training other Jedi. Yes, you're you're 100 percent right. Yeah, it's so it's odd to me. And like, look, I don't know what 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 Disney has planned. I don't know if they if they meant like it's it's the end of the Skywalker cinematic universe or it's the end of the end. But like, yeah, th- these characters. We, we had partial development through this film and you got to see them grow in ways, but you never really, the only character whose arc you, you can say that you even remotely fully got through this movie, for, through these movies was Kylo's right. and it was out of necessity. And, and even that's um, kind of short change because he's only been for a second. He says two or three words. I mean, his actions spoke volumes, but still, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, give us some Ben fucking solo. Yeah. I mean, that's why the the three and a half hour cut that we'll never get was you know was so important to this film into the series because it, it probably would have given you a little bit of something else for for that character at the very least but you know what we just got to see what disney does i mean disney likes to make money and 
you know, yeah, of Star course, Wars. dude. My, money fucking talks, dude. If the world truly isn't The Walking Dead here in, in six months and things start to get back to uh, hopefully a new normal, you know, if they're sitting there going, fuck, man, we still can't figure out the movie slate. Should we just throw tons of money at Daisy, John, and Oscar and just see if we can get them to commit to a fucking, uh, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12? I mean, you just... In we the, won't say Skywalker, case. right? We won't say it. So technically, it's it's good, you know. I I would say if you could get those three people back, you can make an argument that you still are functioning outside of like the Skywalker saga is over because every ancestral Skywalker is dead. Like there's no Skywalker blood left in the world in the universe. Like it's all gone. So you can make an argument that, like, okay, we're continuing the story with these characters. Yeah, that's a very good point. So that's, like, another one of those dumb things we you never think about but actually is a, a key point. Yeah. I mean, that, that you are right. That, that, that gene line is gone. And, the, I mean, the thing, and if you watched it, we'll get to this a little bit later in the, in the podcast, but if you watch the documentary – uh, around Tross, they they tell you like JJ and Chris and even some of you know some of the legacy actors like like Anthony Daniels and Mark Hamill. They're like you know the story that's being laid out here that is the Skywalker saga is about Skywalkers and Palpatines, and there's none of those left anywhere. Well, Ray. I mean, well, Ray is a Palpatine, so you still have some Palpatine blood out there, but you know. She has now. Kind uh, dude, of I'm all for it because I, I, like I said, I, I'm a Ray Homer. I fucking love Ray. I, I would, I would be down to watch her, Finn, the rest keep going. But I, I think they, they're still They've, too closely tied to the the Skywalker mantra. No, yeah, you're 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 definitely right, and you know maybe we need to wait, you know. 30 years before we get the return of these characters. And, <laughs> when the, yeah, they're know. all old and shit, and fucking Daisy's cracked out and dies on a plane because, yeah. you know, she's got drug problems and then they can't finish the movie and it's screwed up yet again. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. But I mean, yeah. the, the boy will be walking with the, a cane. Oh, dude. He'll, he'll be just in the, he'll be the new Billy D, man. That's the best part is, is John has that personality too. You know, he would be like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. John, John would have that personality and he, he, yeah. in that old body, but I don't know. We got the comics. The comics will get us through. The novels will get us through. And if you people out there, well, the novels are, are will really get those of you that can read through. I just, read I just look at content. pictures and, and <laughs> decide what's happening based on the symbols I see. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for the future of Star Wars. I hope it comes sooner rather than later, but you know what? We just got to take what we can get for the time being. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always happy for Star Wars, but I'm telling you, I'm still like, fuck, man. I love my Skywalkers. <laughs> I just want I want more Skywalker stuff. Anyways, uh, that's a little bit of a tangent, but that's kind of what we do. That means we're talking some fun stuff. We're getting deep. We're speculating. We're dreaming. We're wishing. Uh, but you don't have to wish for more comic book talk because we're going to give it to you. That's right. I did not one, but two comic book videos last week after the latest episode of the show. And that's because I fucked up and forgot that the new Star Wars Bounty Hunters run started last week. So, you know, I kind of made up for it, got the video out here. So this is Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one. And... Uh, I guess first and foremost, 
in terms of canon, there was one interesting thing, and it's the fact that Boba Fett had such a hard-on for this character. Hold on, let me look at the... the I forget the character's name. Uh, Nakano Lash, who apparently was a mentor of this Valance guy who is supposed to be the main character of Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Uh, but seeming like it's going to be a cross between Valance, uh, Boba, Bosk, you know, the big, the big names or whatever. Yeah. But, like I said, canon-wise, because I do want to give my, a brief opinion on this series in general, but canon-wise, the, the very interesting thing here, like I said, is this too is set around the events of ESB slightly after, as is Vader. It's kind of a theme in 2020. But we learn that as Boba was transporting his prized bounty of Han Solo, already in Carbonite, taking him yep. to a job and getting paid, getting all the glory. He took a detour to try and take out this Nakano Lash. So, like I said, <laughs> years before, they were all working a job. Nakano kind of fucked everyone over, and then everyone that was working with her essentially wants revenge at this point, in particular Boba Fett because that's just the type of guy he is. So, flash forward, he's got Solo. He's a hero. He's going to drop him off. He gets pinged. The dude's like, yo, I got a puck for you. You're probably not going to want to you know, turn this one down. Boba's like, fuck you. I got Han. I'm a pimp. <laughs> and the guy says the name, and he's like, keep your credits. I'll, I'll make time, essentially. Yeah, I'll do this one for yeah, free. Yeah, so I thought this kind of <laughs> interesting. Just like I said, a little stupid thing, but an interesting thing. Just goes to show you the type of, of bounty hunter Boba was. And when, when he had a grudge against you, it didn't matter what type of glory was waiting him. He was going to go fuck you up. Yeah, dude. See, this is this is another one of those relationships that I wish we could have seen play out in more detail in the in like the solo proper trilogy. Is the is the relationship between Han and Boba? Oh yeah. Like we know that Han is like like you said the prized possession. Like this was the fucking one bounty that Boba had tried and failed at before, and he was trying to get again, and he finally gets it. And to know that this Nakano Lash was big enough for him to be like, I'll put dropping Solo off on hold yeah. just to go get this motherfucker. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's, so that's, that's awesome. why. I mean, there was also a, there was a lady Proxima Easter egg because the flashback, the thing that kind of set up why Boba would do what he did, uh, took place on Corellia. So uh, that was interesting. But just in general, this comic book, at least issue one here, and I don't know if it's because I've, I've missed uh, other bounty hunter books, but. It, it didn't nearly grab my imagination and my inner Star Wars fangirl like Vader, Star Wars, and Rise of Kylo. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm pledging to, to give it a full volume run, which is, you know, typically the first five issues, six issues tells a tale, and then they'll move on to another one. Uh, and yeah, the art was fantastic. Like Boba had a few full pagers and they're just fucking money. I mean, it, it's hard to not make a Mandalorian look awesome, but, uh, you know, as iconic as he is, there's some great shots, some great action stuff in there, but I just, I don't give a fuck about Valance that much. And he's seemingly to be the main character. I've never really given a shit about the bounty hunters in general, because quite frankly, if you were someone like me, uh, you know, before the, the franchise was sold, and you had the movies, and you had the expanded universe and shit. I was a, a film person only. That was canon to me. I wasn't fucking around with all the books and the comics and all that shit. 
And look, it paid off because all the shit you guys liked in the <laughs> EU means nothing now. <laughs> it's true. It, that, it, that's still like a little knife in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean? But twist. the point Ooh. here, yeah, I'm not just trying to be a douchebag. <laughs> the point is, is that to me, the Boba, the canon Boba Fett, to this day, sort of, at least on screen, is a bozo. He is yeah. a straight bozo. That got lucky getting Han. I mean, fucking Vader caught Han. Fuck off, right? I mean, yep. in the end, sure, Boba tipped them off that that's where they went. But without the full force of the Empire, there's no way Boba's getting Han when he's linked in with Chewie, Lando, Leia, the droids, all this shit. So, whatever. Then, the only time we see him in action, he gets... Uh, you know, easily <laughs> thwarted by by a noob Jedi, not even a real Jedi, right? And by a blind Han Solo. And then he essentially gets killed on accident <laughs> by a blind guy. Yeah, yeah. Fly, like, and, he dies like such a chump. So, I, yes, did I think Boba <laughs> Fett looked fucking badass? Hell yeah, I did. I still love his design. That's why I think, you know, the, the Mandalorian is so fucking popular is because of the way Boba Fett looked. But if we're talking about Boba Fett, the way he was portrayed on screen back then, he was a bum. He was a bozo. Like, yeah, he gives he, a shit. I didn't see him do anything impressive in Empire or Jedi. Yeah, he was definitely... A, I don't want to call him a forgettable character, but it's like he was. He 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 almost like cast his way into getting Han because that's yes. exactly what Kaz would do in fucking Resistance. They're very like good. Yeah, he's he's not forgettable at all. Shit. I mean, he's one of the most iconic Star Wars characters out there. But that's just because of the way he fucking looked. He didn't do anything cool. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird that the like the public attached themselves to to Boba the way that they did. But, you know... Motherfucking helmet and jetpack will take a man a long way in a galaxy far, far away, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, this is another run that I might catch up on once I get my brain back functioning properly. Hopefully, you know, we should be in our house in six days. So, that will remove one item of stress from my, from my fucking bucket. Uh, and then, you know... I can take some time to read some comic books and not want to smash my head in the door. (laughs) Uh, So, um, but yeah, I mean, I want to catch up on this. I definitely want to catch up on star Wars proper. And like you told me last week, Matt, you only got two episodes or two books into the Vader 2020 run. So there's content out there for, for me to assuage. Oh yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. Unless, people running the show get really fucking stupid we're, we're probably gonna be locked up for most of april yeah if i mean you're smart we have... like if you believe in science and doctors and medicine and you've been seeing how this thing literally went from a couple hundred last week to fucking fifty thousand today when we're recording just in the united states uh yeah. it spreads okay yeah. Um, and the only way we're going to reduce that and hopefully have enough shit to take care of motherfuckers that get really sick is to not spread it. It sucks. Yeah. I get it, man. It fucking blows. It is it is blowing up the economy. But, hey, at least you got us to listen to and Star Wars comics. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's no way to spin what we're going through. We're trying, people. We're trying. Yeah. Just, just entertain yourselves as we do. You know, go out and watch 
some of the the Clone Wars stuff if you haven't yet. Go watch some of the new content that's on Disney Plus. Go watch the, the the Rise of Skywalker on digital and all of that good stuff. And you know, take up some of that time. Read a book, which I have to do, as in reading and finishing the second book of the of the Thrawn trilogy, and then actually starting the third one. There's a lot of good Star Wars content out there, people. And if you if you put your mind to it, you can you can learn some pretty cool shit about this universe. So, or if you're stuck at home with a little kid that can watch the same shit over and over, you can watch uh, the Rise of Skywalker f- like 55 times, the documentary at least four or five times. You there you know. go. See, I'm glad that Charlie likes. I the couldn't Rise believe of it, dude. Because last night, I, you know, I, that was our homework. I was like, I'm gonna watch the documentary and. I tried to explain her, explain it to her, and she's like, yeah, whatever, dude, you're fucking stupid. And then we finally get downstairs, and she's watching And I could see there was some interest. But she's still at the age where she thinks movies are real. Yeah. So she's like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? Like, why, it's like that's, why is why Ray is, wearing that? Why are they saying action? Why are they saying go? And Yeah. <laughs> but then today, dude, you know, when I was ready to watch her to give Heather some time working... I'm like, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to watch that the video about making Star Wars. I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and the other thing, and this is a great cartoon, Spies in Disguise. We we watch that at least once a day now on, on lockdown. That's her. That's like her comfort movie, I guess. Nice. Yeah, I remember seeing previews for that. It's Spies good, man. It's okay. it's a uh, little Tom and Will Smith. So. Yeah, and that's that's on Disney Plus or is that somewhere? I else? don't think it's on Plus yet. It, it was, we actually saw it in theaters, and I knew it was good enough. And once I knew this lockdown was coming, I was like, "Fuck it, I'll I'll spend the twelve dollars or whatever." Yeah, get it early. Onward will be on Disney Plus April third, but you can buy it yeah. now. That's another one that's well worth watching. So, yeah, Onward is one that I'm I'm looking. Yeah, well to worth seeing, watching. So. I mean, if. And I didn't even grow up in a family where, like, a parent had died and this, that, and the other thing. But if you grew up, if you had, like, uh, siblings or big brothers, it'll fucking level you, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, but, uh, hey, we're not done yet. We still got stuff to talk about. There's a show that is airing on Fridays, all of you may have heard of, and it's called The Clone Wars, a little program that dates back a few years, done by this this guy, this uh, dude that Lucas thought had some talent, Dave Filoni. Um, so we got it, Nick. We got uh, uh, episode five aired last week, so we're going to break down Gone with a Trace, and it was the first episode where Oak the, ah- Ahsoka came back. So yeah, in the pretty Ahsoka fucking, arc. Right. Pretty fantastic episode, and it seems that we're going to be sticking with Ahsoka throughout the remainder of the season, which means uh, the next seven episodes are probably going to have Ahsoka in them and a combination eventually of the Jedi bros. But we'll get there because we actually got some uh, descriptions of episodes coming out in April that kind of paint a picture of where things are going. And believe it or not, your boys might be spot on with some of the speculations they laid down. And wh- wh- Finally where we got at? one right. Was that 102 or 103? 103. That was 103? 102. 102. This is 102. I, yeah, yeah 102. so 102, I'm pretty sure... We made some calls that are going to completely pay off now that we see his descriptions. But before we get there, let's do our little dance, our little jig with Gone with the Trace, kind of starting with the Easter eggs. So, yes, Ahsoka is back. And, and right from the onset, we get a reference that I loved. And it just goes to show you 
the respect that Ahsoka has earned in the Star Wars fandom. And it's a fact, Nick, that they gave her to open Luke's fucking theme. And yeah, Luke's that, theme's like magic to Star Wars fans. Yeah, like that is, that's like the holy, you know, the... Yeah, exactly. I mean, outside like of like the, the opening hymn. crawl music, there, there's probably no more recognizable track than, than the Luke Skywalker theme. You know, the looking out at the fucking... Uh, the the twin sons that type of stuff. Yeah, the and, and for if you give that to somebody like Ahsoka, it just shows the importance of that character. Yeah. And I mean, there's if you again, if you are one of the people who only watch for the movies and stuff like that, like Ahsoka Tano is arguably one of the best characters ever created in Star Wars, not just animated together. One hundred. So, you know, do yourself a favor and, and make sure to catch up on her arc and her, you know, go through and watch the, the Clone Wars series because this character has been raised to a point of reverence amongst Star Wars fans to, to get this type of treatment yeah. from and Dave she Filoni. She earned it. She deserves it. I, I fucking love Ahsoka. I, I really do. I, I, she is fantastic. Uh, I've, I've loved her in the Clone Wars. I, I dug what we saw of her in this episode, and I think I'm really going to dig what we see of her moving forward. And, of course... She was probably at her best, at least for me, in in Rebels. I loved when she was kind of that, the the more matriarch type of, you know, elder stateswoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking on the the fulcrum. Yeah, role hell yeah. And... She's she, she's badass. So I, I love that she's back, and she gave us a great little reference to start, and she kept giving Nick because the yes. next one, her busted ass speeder bike, had uh, the exact same sounds as the Endor bike. Plus, I believe. Ooh. Uh, I watched the the downloaded, which are actually pretty good. I don't know, Nick, if you watch those. They release them on Monday. They're about five minutes long. Uh, you actually get Filoni, some insights from the people that create these. But I guess some of the sounds they also use from those crate speeders because uh, those were really busted down. They wanted a oh, very, yeah. very janky-sounding speeder bike for yeah, yeah. I mean, after you see what fucking happens to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, up next, and I guess this was a, a known egg. Lots of fans were like, yeah, man, you were right. You, you call it. It's not like I, I picked them out, but there was a an obvious nod to the Kenner figure series. And I guess there was a, a, a send away pack or an early release pack of Cantina patrons. So we got the Walrus Man figure, which is essentially Ponda Baba. I'm just yep. going to I'll go through all these. We got the Hammerhead. We got the Death Star droid. Uh, we got the Greedo. And there was the tall Snaggletooth. And I didn't mention all of them right here in this list. I caught some of them in the video. Uh, I'll be honest, people. Sometimes, I mean, last week I was up at 6 doing this shit. I'm still a little foggy. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, missing things. And then I'm, after I'm done editing the video, I see something I'm like, fuck. And then I'll put right. up text in the video and I forget to do it in the post. But whatever. It was a nice nod to all the Kenner cantina figures i thought that was cool the other one nick uh, another you know clear egg reference she crashes on level 1313 yeah yeah star wars 1313 finally we're finally getting made. some content <laughs> taking place on level 1313 we've been hearing about it for over a decade yeah yeah for for well over a decade at this point so <laughs> and i like 
even me, like, you know, I catch a, like a lot of references and, but not nearly as many as Matt does. Like this perked my ears up. I was like, wow, I can't believe they actually paid off. I, I love it. And that's just, that's Filoni right there. He's doing little winks, little nods. Like I got you people. I got you fucking crazy motherfuckers. Yeah. I got you. Cause I'm one of you. Yeah. Uh, the other one here, I, I just like this. I don't even know if it really deserves to be on an Easter egg slash reference list. But I, I loved how Ahsoka referenced how she learned to fight the way she did from her big brother. Big brother. And clearly yeah. that's a, a direct, lovingly nod to Anakin Skywalker. Yep. I swear I to that. God, Rafa had a fucking Hoth rebel trooper hat. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. Yeah. I don't know what the, the exact style in the galaxy is, but she had one of those for some reason. Yeah, maybe maybe that was just some uh, leftover, you know, gear from the cold weather planet. You know, yeah, sieges yeah, it could be I during mean, the during the wars. She she definitely seems shady as fuck. So you never know with this Rafa character. Uh, she True. also drops Moof Milker. We saw some. Lo- There's loath cats all loath over cats all, fucking thirteen yeah, thirteen everywhere. Yep. Um, restraining bolts, you know that's, that's a, a good clear one. nod to that. Binary load lifter mention. You remember C three PO's like, oh, yep. my, one of my first jobs was programming binary load lifters. Moisture, moisture evaporators. Yes. Those are very uh, similar to binary load lifters. Yeah, I um, one. I swear I'm running with it. Uh, we towards the end, there's a billboard. They're sitting down, kind of eating some chow, and you can see it. I, I'm going with it. I'm just gonna say it right now. That was Figure and Dan of the modal notes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I didn't catch that one, but I, I think I'm gonna go back and watch it again um, to see if I can. Yeah, pick I mean up he's on, playing on like the the clarinet the thing, little, and I was like, yeah. that that's got to be figuring. And you know he maybe he hadn't formed the modal nodes yet, but yeah, he's still on his solo career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with it. So in terms of the episode overall, I mean I was a big fan. I thought it was a great reintroduction of Ahsoka. We haven't seen her in Clone Wars proper since the end of season five, where. She essentially self-exiled herself from the Jedi after they fucked her over. Uh, Nick and I, one of the, I'm just going through my top moments list that I wrote down while I watched it. I mean, I mean the Skywalker theme, we've already kind of touched on that, but I just, as we said, it just goes to show you the, the, the level of honor that this character gets in the Star Wars uh, franchise. So I, I really love oh, that. Yeah. I think the fight between her and the the thugs, like when Trace is kind of, you know, sitting there fighting, she's like, I'll handle this. And then she starts to get her ass kicked and then Ahsoka jumps in and just beats the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. Leading up to that, you know, my brother taught me how to fight line. That was, I love that. Yeah, 100%. I also, I really loved getting the perspective of these these underworld uh, citizens and and their perspective on the Jedi. Because, I mean, Trace makes it clear to Ahsoka, like, yeah, don't reveal yourself because down here we think Jedi are the root of all the problems everyone's experiencing around the galaxy right now, and they no longer do what they, we were told they are supposed to do, and that's take care of people like us. Yeah, I mean, that's even... This is even before, like, Order 66 goes down. Oh, it yeah. doesn't Trace say, right. like, she says, oh, the Jedi started the war. And she, and so, I mean, was like, you, you that just about? goes yeah. to show you how perfect... Palpatine's long game plan, the gaslighting, everything was. I mean, the guy managed to essentially take the Guardians of the Galaxy, not those bozos, but the Star Wars Galaxy, and turn them into 
the root of all evil. Yeah, yeah, with with just political manipulation. <laughs> it's and, crazy, you know. man. It's like, it, you know, fucking America. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Um, Gaslighting is dangerous, people. Misinformation is not good. That's all I'm going to say. This is not a political show. Check the facts. Check everything. Do the research on your own. You can do it. You're not stupid. You've got the internet. You've got tools. Facebook is for fucking idiots. Um yeah, <laughs> Matt. Matt made that. I that had to. PSA I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> like, I'm telling you right now, if we didn't need Facebook for the fucking podcast and Instagram and all this shit, I, I I would delete that motherfucking cancer from my life. That thing is not good for anybody. It should be nothing more than a Reddit. It should be dumb shit, memes, and dumb Star Wars videos from yours truly. That's it. Yeah. Enough I with your with fucking that. politics. Your fucking sit at home. I'm a doctor. Science opinions. <laughs> The, the fucking political memes and all the stupid shit that just causes chaos in everyone's fucking feed. Stop it. No one gives a fuck what you think. There we go. There we go. All right. But uh, <laughs> Thank you. One of my other top moments was right towards the end. So, you know, once the, the V2 load lifter goes crazy because Trace didn't put the restraining bolt on it, uh, you get this kind of mad dash through the, through the underworld and the city and, you know, towards the end trace has turned off like climbed up and turned off the the load lifter but now she's kind of like falling down and ahsoka's trying to save her on this on this car type thing and then when like when ahsoka uses the force to pull it in and that little kid sees her yep that moment was just like oh man like that was i i I think i I don't know if i mentioned that in my recap and review video or not but i'm like i wonder if that that little kid may come back and bite her not on purpose but maybe he's talking to somebody and they hear it and then rafa figures out ahsoka's been lying about a jedi and she tries to cause a wedge in between her and trace because it seems like uh you know we can just move on to the clip of coming up uh, this next episode this week which is called deal no deal not deal or no deal Deal they probably get sued by howie mandel yeah um but but just based on this clip nick it Rafa is shady as fuck, but I also think she's doing it out of necessity, just where they grew up and taking care of her little sister. But she yep. clearly is not trusting Ahsoka. And like I was saying with with your moment there with that little kid, you know, maybe maybe Rafa gets hints of Ahsoka's true past and, and uses that to try to fuck up what's going on with her and uh, Trace, who seems slightly more normal and not as willing to do evil shit yeah i think it's just because i mean there seems to be a pretty like i don't want to say a pretty decent age disparity between rafa and trace but you know rafa is clearly the older sister and she has grown up longer in this underworld and i feel like what's happened with trace is rafa has like i don't want to say sheltered her but like shielded her from a lot of the really really dark shit of the underworld and that's why rafa is the way she is like she is so embedded into this underworld society but it's it's trying to be like her thoughts are like i'm doing this oh, no, to that's what sister. i mean just she's very yeah. uh mistrusting of ahsoka at this point and the clip just kind of nails that uh, so i think my my guess is eventually all three will become friends or the old one's gonna die yeah, something's going to happen. Something like that. Because, I mean, even this clip for next week, it looks like uh, 
Raph is going to get them mixed up in transporting shit for the fucking Pikes. Yeah, which Pike are syndicate. you know in the crime syndicate. We saw them in Solo. They wear those cool ass masks and shit like that. And they, I think they, aren't they essentially huffing spice the whole time in those masks? Yeah, I believe so. I, so I, I, th- I thought that was something. But like <laughs> like Nick said, I mean, Rafa is. She's just. <laughs> I mean, they, these people probably lost their parents early, and it's it's your prototypical the older sibling has to kind of sacrifice their humanity to try to give the younger sibling some semblance of a normal life. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, this is the arc. This is, I assume, like like Matt was saying before, now that we're past the Bad Batch arc, we're probably going to stick with, we're not going to have, like, another four episodes cut, four episodes <laughs> Well, cut. we have, we got some clear clues today, my friends, so yeah. we can fucking detective this shit at this point. I don't want to get to the story yet, but Sam Witwer said the last four episodes should be treated as a movie. So right there, to me, that is a four-episode arc. Yeah. So that's episodes 9, 10, 11, 12. So I'm thinking these three, like Ahsoka and the girls, are going to be 5, 6, 7, and then you jump into and then eight's the kind of I think would be like the transition episode of Ahsoka runs back in with the Jedi. But you know what, dude? Our next topic, we actually have some descriptions that could further help with this mystery. Okay? Yeah, and you know we we kind of hinted at this before, and we did kind of guess, you know, like Ahsoka is going to go into this underworld situation, and and then she will by one way or another end up on Mandalore because she's going to know of Maul's dealings. Now with the Pike syndicate coming in through Rafa, we know that she's getting caught up in the, you know, this crime syndicate underground. And that is probably going to be her lead into. We we got it right here, Nick. We, Mm -hmm. we have the answers. So we know. uh, All right. So episode six is coming up, right? Yep. And we know what's going to happen. They're, they're going to do a mission for the Pikes. And based on this description for Episode 7, uh, they're going to get taken prisoner. Okay? Yep. Ahsoka and the Martez sisters attempt to escape. Okay. Ahsoka bargains for sisters. So that means this is good. Now I'm talking about Episode 8 together yes. again. So Ahsoka bargains for the sisters' freedom and makes a startling discovery. Uh-oh. That's, what could that be? That's going to be something that gets her in touch with the Jedi, Nick, because you see the next episode, episode nine, old friends not forgotten, hint, motherfucking hint, (laughs) Anakin and Obi-Wan must decide whether to help Ahsoka pursue Maul or rescue Palpatine. So essentially, together again, Ahsoka's going to run into to Maul working with the Pikes because yeah. Crime Syndicate, maybe he fucking took him over at this point and he's Crimson Dawn, uh, Crimson Dawn, this, that, and the other thing. But here we go. And then this would now be episode 10 I'm reading. Ahsoka and Republic forces confront Maul on Mandalore. Yeah. So it, it does. It really follows along with what we kind of... Right. You know, so let, let me theory. read the recap just in case people thought we were lying. This is post-dated March 18th. To recap, we, as in Matt and Nick, the two lead assholes of the Star Wars Time Show, believe the following. Place your hand on your dick. (laughs) 
the CIS invasion of Coruscant or Maul's underworld dealing, bing, bang, boom, or both will reunite Ahsoka and the Jedi. Bang, we fucking win right there. Nailed it. Done. Next one. Due to her past and connections in the Republic Army and the Jedi, she will lead forces on Mandalore to get rid of Maul. Bingo! Two for two! Swoosh! Right? There we go. Okay, that's that's literally the synopsis for episode 10. Ahsoka and Republic forces confront Maul on Mandalore. Okay. Anakin and Kenobi will have to deal with the kidnapping of Palpatine. Therefore, they will not be involved in the Mandalore plot. Oof, that's another one. That's three. Hey, Nick, listen to this. (laughs) Anakin and Obi-Wan must decide whether to help Ahsoka pursue Maul or rescue Palpatine. Look at that. I mean, uh, thank you. Where's all the cheering? This is where I need my fucking <laughs> soundboard right now because I'd be like, ah, ah. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have like that, that, that uh, can kids cheering sound going or like stadium sounds going nuts right now. I mean, yep, come on. Yep. And then this one has not been paid off yet because we do not have the synopsis for the final two episodes because I think there's going to be 12. That's at yeah. least what I'm guessing. We will probably see Order 66 through Ahsoka's eyes or get a sequel light narrative for Revenge of the Sith to close out the Clone Wars for good. Yeah, I think that we're going to get that. I think we can just take that shit to the fucking bank right now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We we, We finally did something right. We finally did something right. And it didn't take a leak or a source for us to get that right. That is just through right. the force. Right, listen to the episode. We record the episode on the 17th. On the 18th, the uh, descriptions came out, and we were dead nuts on. So. Yeah. That's just, that's just us. That's the, the level of connection that we Booyah! have with the Star I mean, come Wars on. universe. Come on. I'm still, I, I'm still hearing the cheers. Undeniable. Star Wars time. Star Wars time. Star Wars time. <laughs> Star Wars time. Star Wars time. Ah! Thank you. People have to Thank recognize you. our greatness now. I, I don't it know is. what it even means. It means nothing. <laughs> it doesn't. It you know means what it that means? After five it means years, we may know a thing or two about fucking Star Wars, right? Yeah. After five years of, of yes. doing this, we finally got something yes. right. Yes, <laughs> we finally speculated something right based on obvious clues all, out, all around the universe. We did it, and we didn't even need Reddit. Yeah. It's not Fuck like we could even Reddit. share it on Reddit, because anytime we share something on Reddit, they just fucking shit all it's over it. <laughs> like, Fuck these guys. Yeah, even when, yeah. But that's look, we know what we're talking community. about. That, that's, we, that's what this exercise is all about. To prove to you once and for all, we know Star Wars a little bit. We are the greatest. A little We're the bit. greatest. A little bit. But, yes. So, I'm looking forward to this arc. I mean, Ahsoka is a character that's been, like, desperately needing a proper closeout since the end of Clone Wars. And, you know, Dave Filoni did what he could with her in rebels which was awesome that he he was able to bring her back but i feel like this this whole arc that she's getting now is that kind of proper ending to her jedi story yeah i mean if you think about it 
I think we mentioned this too, but Ahsoka is essentially going to be the the main focus of the final eight episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if, if you believe what what we're saying, which we might as well move on to to this article because it's kind of interesting, it give us something to speculate on and, and probably miss by a mile again. Uh, but he's saying the final four episodes constitute a film, and, the, and it's yeah. amazing. So yeah. we're essentially in the midst of another movie right now, five, six, seven, eight, right? Mm-hmm. Building be, up to this, yeah, final would be film. the build up to this movie, and that that work that and that that is correct too, because episode nine is the Anakin and Obi Wan must decide. So the first movie would essentially end. I'm I'm predicting which we already did but we'll do it again with ahsoka running into maul through this pike mix-up that she's going to get into with these martez sisters yes yes that's the only like the the you know ominous discovery that she makes of course it's fucking darth maul like once you bring in crime syndicates and knowing what we know from solo and everything else, we know that he is a crime syndicate boss. Like, of course, yeah, he, this he's is the, be the man. Person. Like, he's running probably the biggest, the uh, the baddest at that point in time. So, yeah, he had so to get there somehow. I mean, yeah, him and him and uh, Savage started it. I mean, that, that's how they essentially got Mandalore in the first place, just taking shit over yeah. through crime syndicates. But he eventually get takes over Crimson Dawn because what is he now? Like the shadow. Shadow, shadow hand. collective, Shad- or some shadow shit like collective. That? Yeah, shadow knows? hand, something else. <laughs> so there we go. We just we're sitting there like, oh, we know everything. We're fucking awesome. Now we're like, yeah, shadow. Yeah, no, shadow it. collective shadow, was a criminal alliance. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's the who collective. cares about the details, right? Fuck it. Shadow Collective was a criminal alliance and rival Sith Order founded during the Clone Wars by Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Maul, at the behest Bam, of Mother see? Talzine. I knew there it. There we go. We did. I knew it. Nailed it. I and knew it, was, it. So here's all of the allied forces on, under the Shadow Collective. Death Watch, Black Sun, Pike Syndicate, Pike Syndicate, Boom. Hut Clan, and the Knight Brothers. So, so Crim- Crimson's not even there yet? Crimson's Dawn is not there yet, so wow. I don't know. So if Crimson, are they? Are, so, so technically, Crimson Crimson Dawn would have been post post Clone Wars, right? Well, because that's well, what he's in charge of when we meet him again. When in we Solo. see him in Solo, yeah. So maybe Crimson Dawn is just everything now. Yeah, maybe that is like the new Shadow Collective. Huh. Huh. A lot of underworld. Uh, Crimson Dawn. Let's see if we can look this up here because we're on the internet. Criminal organization formed, led by former Sith Lord Darth Maul, who employed Dryden Voss. Uh, so yeah, this is so Crimson Dawn is post the Shadow Collective, huh. um, huh. because this is taking yeah. place during the Empire. Man. Yeah. So there we go. Ah, oh, yeah. You know we are. Star Wars savants after all. The affiliation is the five syndicates. So this is, so yeah, the Shadow Collective gets reorganized into the five syndicates, which are Crimson Dawn, Black Sun, the Crimora Syndicate, the Hut Clan, and Pike Syndicate. So you lose Death Watch because Death Watch is then reincorporated into Mandalore once Maul is defeated. And once Bo-Katan 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like brings him back Death Watch in. gets just. Well, I mean, they were sort of good when they saved Mando. No, they, yeah. they were fucked up at that point, right? They they would have been like Maul's Death Watch, maybe. Yeah. No, when they saved when they saved Mando as in the Mando. Yeah, I guess it's weird. Like yeah. those timelines are very. Close I mean, that's together. fucking Clone Wars, so it's got to be either Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith or timeline, Sith, but not yeah. too far. No, it's got to be but Attack th- of the fucking Clones. Yeah, but I feel like. They would have like they were still Mandalorians, so they're not gonna let yeah, like, but he, droids just go. He fuck was up. their leader because he had killed Pre by then. Yeah, like that's how he took over Mandalore. That's why we're gonna see Ahsoka go there and try to fucking kick his ass. Yeah, he's that's, taking over like, Death Watch. Like that timeline is so it's so weird because it's so close together. Because when Shadow, because like the time between when Shadow Collective folds and then when this new five syndicates becomes a thing is it's like really really close together because the shadow collective comes together and dissolves within the same year like date fragmented 19 bby date it's probably you know maul just did all that shit to get his power consolidated and then bounced on to the next thing yeah probably when he gets kicked the fuck off mandalore yeah so it's an interesting, like, all of this shit that's happening here, again, like, this is why the solo timeline was so interesting, because you get to bring in characters like Maul, you get to bring in all of this underworld stuff that's really interesting in Star Wars, but, you know, that'll never Th- That's happen. another one where, I, I mean, people are like, yeah, it was so dumb and terrible. I just go, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I do not understand that take on that movie. I really don't. And it's just like, it was interesting to me hearing Taylor talk about her opinions on the movies because since she is just a casual observer like to know that like she really liked solo because she's like oh i got to learn like she's like i got to learn about all these characters that i had known before and it was really interesting but she doesn't have that like weird attachment to it in a way that's like that makes you hate something just because you know a lot about it which is what i think a lot of people feel about solo it's like i know a lot about star wars and this is stupid and i hate it but she's just like a casual fan she's like this i thought it was great i never like that doesn't the thing that bums me out about star wars is when the the story just doesn't pay off you know yeah i thought that yeah i thought solo paid off really good i mean the fucking end of solo was like holy shit we get to see this play out now fucking right i enjoyed it i enjoyed it but it's another one my kid doesn't like to watch so that usually says something i guess I guess she like, can watch who, fucking paint dry over and over sometimes. Like, <laughs> who would she like really attach herself to in that movie though? Because like she, N- nobody. Like she's, like she's, uh, she's now understands a, a bit better that they're the younger versions of of Han and Lando. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't get her to like buy in the Kira or anything. Yeah, that's the tough part for for her in that one, but. Um, yeah, I mean, talking about this, this, you know, Sam Witwer article, he spoke to io9. And, and basically, what he's saying is that, like, if you want really good, you know, prequel content, then what you need to look for is the last four episodes of this oh, yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, he, he says the best Clone Wars script, but, but Nick's right. And we, yeah. we've said this a million times. We talked about it again last week. I mean, the, the Clone Wars has the best prequel era stories you're ever going to get. And this guy, who is a diehard fan and has been working with Star Wars for over 13 years, is saying 
the finale, as in the last four episodes, that's where I'm getting this whole it's a movie thing, is is the best shit he's ever read. Yeah, uh, I mean... He's, he's like, it's meant to be seen in its entirety together, more so than anything else we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is... Yeah, but who the fuck's going to wait <laughs> four weeks to watch that? <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, too, the, the episode lengths have been around 22 minutes long, so you're going to get, like, an hour and a half-ish long movie. Once and you that's, what, that's what animated movies are. Like, the, those... I mean, DC makes some fantastic fucking animated movies. They... They struggle to do live action like motherfuckers, but their animated stuff is great. And they're usually, you know, 76, 80 minutes, shit like that. Yeah, you don't need a 140-minute long film, the animated film, to tell the stories that we're seeing in Clone Wars. I mean, just three or four episodes strung together in a cohesive plot line will be plenty enough. Yeah, here's, um, here's something else he said that I, that I thought was interesting here. He's kind of talking about, the, what we're going to see and the ramifications that it's going to have on the Star Wars universe and the characters. He says, I'm very, very excited for the audience to see it because it's consequential. It changes the way you think about certain things in Star Wars, changes the way you think about certain characters, and shows some really interesting core mythology stuff. I'm thrilled and I'm shocked. Yeah, this is the hard one to parse because, like, what is he getting at? Yeah, right. Consequential meaning there, there's impact. I would assume that 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 will reverberate through yeah, the is actual it, is it like films. rippling. Yeah, rippling yeah. effect. Um, and then it, the way it you think about way, yeah. certain characters and certain things in Star Wars, you're gonna change the way you think. It's like okay, it's like who could he be talking about? It's so interesting because. I mean, well, first off, we know that that Ahsoka, that, that Maul survives this. He gets out. Oh, yeah. But we yeah. also know that Ahsoka has an entire legion of Republic troops at her side. Does she, like, let him go? Well, yeah, how's he get out? Or I mean, you got to remember, maybe Order 66 is going on when, when he, he and her eventually fight. Who knows? Yeah, like what? Uh, but, so, but her troopers oh, aren't going to be her best friend for long. Dude, and I think it's going to be Rex and her trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. Bro, you know what would be just sick is if it, if that pops off, Order sixty six pops off, and then Maul and Ahsoka are the ones that fight out together. Those two team up. That would be crazy, but I think Rex would be with them too because I believe Rex is Chip is out based on an old arc uh, with fives and, and uh, another clone. So he was he would be there with, with Ahsoka. Well, he won't. He's not going to freak out when Order 66 goes down, and he'll probably yeah. be able to initially get her to fuck out of there if she's around a bunch of the clones. Yeah, but is so Rex is... No, I, I, I know what you're saying. I think what you're saying would be badass, but it would be all three of them fighting their way out versus just Ahsoka and Maul. I really think... Rex and Ahsoka will leave together or get out together. That's how we'll see yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... When I think about that, the way that he put those things, it's consequential, and it is consequential because you have essentially a former Jedi that has a former Dark Lord of the Sith at her blade's end and then decides to let him live, and then that Dark Lord of the Sith ultimately goes on to form crime syndicates and try to hunt down the only remaining 
Skywalker, you know, or, you know, Luke Skywalker, the, the hope of the galaxy into the Star Wars Rebels timeline. Right. Like, that's pretty consequential and changes the way that you think about certain characters. I mean, yeah, that would definitely do well, that Well, I mean, well. Maul also goes mad again at some point in time before we get to the events of the, you know, the Battle of yeah. Gavin and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, Luke's, Luke's like 10 or something. Yeah. But Maul, at one point, for some reason, no longer even leads Crimson Dawn, which yeah, he gets, you would think we might have seen play out in a solo trilogy or, or stuff like that, but ain't going to happen. Yeah. The other thing, dude, what, what do you think this core mythology stuff means? Is, this, is this like more sh- world between worlds, yeah. like that type of shit? Like like getting deep with the the spiritual side of the force, what you can do, what it means? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... Astral plane type of stuff. The core mythology is hard to... It's hard to you know, pin light down and dark. because it, it does. It does kind of reference, like, you know, is this going to be dealing with more of these spiritual force, you know, force realm of things? Like, you know, you got core mythology when you saw the Mortis arc and you saw the true purpose of the Chosen One. You got some more with, like you mentioned, the world between worlds and rebels. Like, are we going to get a completely new introduction to more core Star Wars mythology that we've never seen before? Like, it's yeah. I mean, the it, way that I mean that, that's the really the reason I ran this this interview. What were those two quote blocks? I mean, he, he goes on and and reminds us all, and it, it's nice to hear it, but. These remaining episodes of TCW, this is it. This is the last bit of canon and lore that the maker has given us. Yeah. I mean, these are it. these are stories that are still come from him, clearly worked on and advanced by Filoni and his new team. But all this shit was more or less drafted out and now expanded upon back when George was still in charge. So, uh, yeah, this is it. Like, this is... To those of you, you you know, the purists and fuck Disney, this, that, and the other thing, they're giving you this, I guess, if anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, at least you're getting <laughs> the end that George had Well, I guess there's people bitching series. like, why the fuck are we getting introduced to these two sister characters? Just get her back with the Jedi, this, that, and the other thing. And I think the way we laid it out and the way the descriptions are playing out, it is going to be a nice progression to really have things make sense, get Maul back into the picture and, and kind of really kick things off for that. As Whitworth says here to close this one out, that just insane finish over the final four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they're doing it the right way. If you would have just like, it would have been weird if you essentially see herself exile. And then this episode that just passed beyond the trace is the closest that we got to like a direct sequel to that time where she takes off and then within the episode, she's already back with Anakin and Obi-Wan. It right. wouldn't have made any sense. No. Like, you need to have an exiled period of time. Like she, She's going to get to a point, I'm predicting, you know, with this Pike situation where she's desperate and maybe sees Maul. Maul gets her and he taunts the Jedi. But that's what's going to reconnect them. It's going to be yeah. it's going to feel natural and not forced. And you had to let things breathe a bit. So I'm, I'm all for it. I mean. Like I said, we're getting from here on out or starting with the one we just broke down and then continuing through eight. That's a movie. And then nine through 12. 
that's a movie. So we, we essentially have two Clone Wars movies uh, coming to us right now, and I, I think it's going to end fantastically. Yeah, I agree. So keep your eyes peeled onto the Disney Plus Clone Wars Season 7 run because i mean it's good shit so far if there, you know if, if anybody out there was skeptical about what was going on in, in season seven of the clone wars trust us this is well worth the 20 minutes per week that it will take you to watch the show it's do it get on it if you haven't seen the rest of the ones before this like the one through i don't even know if it's even like watch the lost episodes or whatever it's called um but really focus on the core kind of one through five get through those stories try to do it chronological i dare you yeah it's on starwars.com i have not braved that it's out there but it's still i mean it's something where you got to almost be maintaining a manual list i I just wish some dumb ass intern at disney plus could just create the fucking playlist yeah i know right if it's already there just have one dude just be like hey they put together a 20-episode run of like, oh, these are all the essential Clone Wars episodes I know. to watch. All right, we'll just add the other fucking 100 things. plus. Yeah, just fucking reorder them. I mean, it would suck, but that's what interns are supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it would be, you know, you, you walk in the morning, you're done by lunch. I mean, fuck, it's not that hard. I'll do yeah. it. Just give me access to the fucking system. I'll do it for free. Yeah, all you got to do is reorder stuff so it's not hard i'm sure it's <laughs> fucking drag and drop fuck it yeah put it in a right. spreadsheet csv kind of yeah it's very easy continuing with the ahsoka stuff though the ahsoka tano this, this thing's still man i don't know we don't know if it's legit but everybody across the, the internet world has seems run with to it. think it is yeah like i don't think that rosario let's check before i make a fool of myself like, Rosario has not commented on this or anything like that. But there is a rumor out of Slash Film. I mean, they're reporting it as an exclusive. So Slash Film And, and dude, I saw, have, what's his name? What's that, what's that fucker? The ABC guy. Sandell. Clayton Sandell. He came out and said, yo, Ahsoka in season two? Yeah. Rosario can't, can't confirm that. Cannot confirm. So, at but least other other sites I've seen. I think like the Hollywood reporters, like yes, I confirm what Slash Film saying. So, I think if anything, you can probably bank on Ahsoka in Mando season two in live action form. Yeah, that's a go. But the the rumor part is that it is going to be Rosario Dawson playing her now. What makes this like I don't want to say hard to believe, but what makes it so interesting is that like. Rosario has actually called for this part multiple times. It's, She's yeah, like, it's, it's I want to do this. Too perfect of a scenario is what I think. So I, I would be I would be more shocked if it was 100% true that, that she is playing the character than if she wasn't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I, I totally buy that she, that she, as in Ahsoka, is in season it, two. It makes, we talked it about it. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Because you can't, again, you, you technically can't use Luke, apparently, right? Skywalkers are off limits. Off limits. I mean, you can probably mention them, maybe. Who knows? Uh, so what else do you got? And I, I know Nick and I, we, we've talked about this, and we're like, it, it's got to be Luke, Ahsoka, or they're inventing a new character. Yeah, it's like the, the, the reintroduction of Kyle Katarn. It's like the yeah, only or, other or thing. fucking Ezra think. shows up out of nowhere, and they just plot hole the shit out of that. Yeah, so 
I'm really like I'm excited one that Clayton Sandell has essentially come out and confirmed that Ahsoka is going to be in season two because that in itself is huge. Sandell is probably the yeah, most let, plugged I, in. I, let me just scan leaks again, but I, I know for a fact he did. Yeah, I mean I can I'll look him up on Twitter. Yeah, so this Boris is, Boris Kit from Hollywood Reporter said true news to the slash film deal. Clayton says. A live-action version of Ahsoka Tano appearing in the second season of The Mando is correct. I heard a couple names floated. Dawson was indeed one, but I can't confirm the Slash film casting scoop. However, I can say Ahsoka will not be played by Ashley, and she actually put out a message today confirming that as well. Yeah, I mean, Ashley Eckstein is the, the voice actress for Ahsoka, I mean, everybody who's on the internet and who heard about this rumor says, you know, oh, it should be Ashley Eckstein. But, like, Ashley is a great voice actress for her, but she can't... I don't think that she has the the, the look to actually play Ahsoka in the series. Like, she doesn't... Like, I know that it's a fucking alien and you can just put makeup on people to make them look like something else. Um, but... I don't think that that Ashley Eckstein has the no. like the look to do it, like the, the the physicality to play Ahsoka. If you know what Ashley Eckstein looks like, she's like a little person, like not not a little person, but she's like a like a smaller girl. She's like short. She's, she's like me. Yeah. I mean, she's she's <laughs> the, the five six and under crew, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it, look, it's interesting because with the introduction of Ahsoka, you would assume if we follow the end of the rebels timeline, that there would also be the introduction of Sabine Wren. Like, is that, well, Hey, it makes fucking sense, right? <laughs> That's it, to me. It does. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, dude, it, it makes, everything is aligning right now. I yeah. mean, th- that could be the Sasha Banks thing. She very well could be fucking Sabine Wren. So, I, you know, we, but yeah, back to Rosario. Don't get me wrong. I think, she would be fantastic. She does look like Ahsoka. 100%. Like facial structure, eyes. Yeah, they had to paint her up orange a little bit. But she looks <laughs> sexy as fuck. And you know you know how I like the Togruta and the Twi'lex, <laughs> dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm already having dirty thoughts thinking about Rosario playing the role. Matt would just be replaying episodes <sighs> over and over again just for his own gratification. Oh, yeah, yeah nonstop. <laughs> Nonstop, because I mean, she would look like a goddess, and I'd love like any any variety or Vanity Fair shot shoots they would have to do with her, <laughs> right? They would have to. Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. I mean, in this day and age, until Disney comes out and says, "Yeah, hundred percent," I'm not like these fucking sites coming out guaranteed, hundred percent. Take it to the bank. Uh, I think it could very well happen. It just to me that the first thing I thought about was like. It's too perfect. It would be as if they got Sebastian Stan to play young Luke. You know what I mean? I mean, that's another yeah. thing fans have been wanting. They're like, oh, it's perfect. He looks just like him. He'd be a great young Luke. That's why I'm skeptical about Rosario as Ahsoka. I mean, I'm Ahsoka in Mando, yes. I think it's 100%. Sabine is probably going to be there too. Will they talk about Ezra? Who knows? Doesn't make sense for the story. It would be fantastic. But... Until Disney comes out, I'm like, all right, whatever. Yes, yeah, it'd well, be great, but ain't we'll true hold yet. On it. And like, it would be really interesting to have an alien 
of that caliber be in live action and a main character in like in a oh dude it, it would Star be Wars unreal television. i mean i don't yeah. know if it would had ever happened before in a franchise of the size and, and scope of star wars yeah that because where a, a character at... fundamentally started animated and years later became a fully realized live action character that was having major impacts on the canon yeah, I, I can't think of... I mean, I'm sure that there are some instances of it, but in terms of things that I'm aware of in my fandom, I can't think of anything like that. And it, it would be really fucking cool. And it would be it would be the, the culmination of all of Dave Filoni's works coming together. Like, you know, coming together as, as one. He would essentially say, like, the, the character that I was allowed to create and build in 2004 or whatever it was 2006 7 is now a primary character in the first ever live action star wars tv series that i helped create like i think it would be a really good uh a big win for for filoni in his career so i want to see it happen looking forward to it. oh 100 100 percent. so i don't want to sound like i'm poo-pooing all over this i, I think it'd be fantastic if she does it i i, I love this girl and i think she is dynamic as in very very pretty but <laughs> she also does look like ahsoka i mean l- let's be real the comparisons are legit i'm just gonna wait until lucasfilm favreau or filoni are like oh yeah it's real yeah at yeah, this point it'd wait. be odd that they haven't come out and just said, hey, yeah, you got us. But I, I get it. They're probably wanting to, at this point, just even hold back the reveal of Ahsoka in the fucking series. You know, it's, they're probably kind of bummed out right now. <laughs> they're probably like, Fuck. Yeah, I mean, they, they're probably like, oh, man, we have this whole. That was our baby Yoda moment. I guarantee yeah. that, was, that was like our baby Yoda moment. Like, they have this whole animated series going on now with Ahsoka as the main character introducing people, a lot of people to her for the first time. So they're probably like, oh man, let this play out and then wait till Mando season two comes out. We're going to fucking blow their minds. And now they're like, God damn internet, like (laughs) the fucking internet. Why? That would be a bummer because let's be real. Uh, I mean, the, the Mandalorian's fantastic start to finish, but would it, would it though, without that little baby reveal at the end of episode one that just caught us all completely by surprise? Oh, it's a it's a complete. If if Baby Yoda is not in that, it's a completely different yeah. show. I mean that that was that had to have been a moment like when people first learned the Darth Vader and Luke heritage or parentage connection. Yeah, because it cha- it's one of those moments that changes everything. Yeah, yeah totally. So. Yeah, man. Season two, Mando, keep your eyes peeled. Should be coming out October, sometime October this year. So we're only, what, eight months? Not even eight months. Seven months away? Getting there? Yeah, who was it? it was, I think it was Greggy, buddy. was like, oh, they might release season two early because of uh, you know, the coronavirus. I'm like, there's no way, dude. They're probably still... They're still working on it. Trying to punch up posts and everything. I mean, I know those screens yeah. are fucking badass, but they still got to do a lot of... A lot of VFX there. Yeah. I mean, if we're still in lockdown by September, you might get it then. Oh, cause... dude, if we're still in lockdown <laughs> by September, I, I will be dead because I don't have <laughs> enough guns and ammo to stay alive because it, it will get crazy by then. 
Oh yeah, if it goes on that long, then society will yeah, it's be over. at a full standstill. I mean, the U.S. We are not equipped for this shit. Yeah, we are very pampered and, and used to comforts, dude. We, and people are not going to be able to handle an extended lockdown. I can't even get into a grocery store without standing in a line. Like they they have limited the amount of people into grocery stores now. Yeah. So do you guys stand six feet apart in line? I have, we haven't been in line yet. We haven't done it yet. We we bought enough food to get us through probably the middle of next week. And no. then after that, we're going to be like, okay, how are we going to survive? Oh, <laughs> shit. Do you guys have Whole Foods delivery by you? Some of them do. So, like, our, our HEB, like our, our local grocery store, does um, curbside pickup. So you can schedule curbside, but when we tried to do it, the the soonest that we could schedule curbside starting yesterday was Sunday. So yeah. you have to plan like a week in right. advance. Yeah, but I don't know. It's if, getting if wild. I mean, I, I'm not. Ca- I, I've spent seven hundred dollars on grocery and beer the past nice. two weeks to prepare, and so I think I have at least five weeks of beer. <laughs> as long as I, you know, keep my drinking limited to just the weekends. Ration it right. properly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I always, I don't really drink during the week anyways. And then food wise, like actually good stuff, the stuff I like to eat, like my diet food, chicken, eggs, that type of shit. I've got at least three to four weeks of that. And then bullshit food, like stuff that'll kill you and make you really fat and stupid, but will last. I've got plenty. Nice, nice. Well, at least you can get stupid if if the world breaks down. With oh yeah, the yeah, totally. <laughs> diet, diet may be going out the window here, week three or four, because I think if anything, we're at least <clears throat> locked down through Easter, if not longer. Should we, be it. Should be like if you believe the doctor, like Falky or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Uh, he's like, if you're up to me, we'd we'd be restrictive through July. Yeah. So. We are 100% shelter in place until April 13th. Right. That is our mandate as it goes into effect today. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're the same or we're a week earlier, but I'm sure our governor will change it now. Uh, yeah, which means, so. I mean, you basically, you, you shouldn't leave or you can't leave unless you are getting food or treatment or yeah. trying to help someone. Non-essential is yeah. basically the way they put it. So fun. Um, all right, let's get back yeah. to Star Wars. That was really uplifting. So, yeah, we we so we knocked out all of our proper topics for this week in terms of things that we have posts for on StarWarsTime.net that you can follow along with in the post shell here. What we'll go into now is our kind of you know our discussion on the featurettes and the full length feature. Yeah, doc I mean mostly just Rise of Skywalker. Just the big boy. I mean the, the little ones. They're they're nice. Uh, I mean as Nick said earlier offline, there there's a special one for the digital exclusive. That it's like a like ten eleven minutes just on John Williams. That that one is probably the best of the of the feature at breakdowns. There's there's another decent one about the uh, race in the desert. But the that one was but, really but the cool. bread and butter is in that the two hour documentary. So. I just I we we both have have watched I've watched it one and a half times now Nick's about one and three quarters done or three quarters I, done in the one yeah uh, but overall in terms of a just a pure special feature for a film of this scope 
it's actually pretty excellent in terms of showing you how a movie like this is made and why movies like this cost over $200 million and why people get pissed when it only makes $1.2 billion and shit like that. I, I, I mean, dude, just some of the sets they were building, the shit they're doing in the deserts, you know, digging the desert out and putting in those fucking trailers so they could do the the quicksand and this that and the other thing so from that standpoint it's it's great in terms of just seeing filmmaking and the process play out yeah uh but it also has some good star wars moments if you're a fan so i just noted some of those down nick if you remember any or you think anyone just go ahead and jump in but the first one i have written down here for us is uh, there's like a little, you can tell, that they don't have hard cuts to segments, but you can tell when they transition to a different part of the movie or a different yeah. character, this, that, or the other thing. So there is a segment on Carrie Fisher and, you know, what they what they had to do to bring her back and how it really did kind of shape the story. I mean, they essentially, yeah. the, the VFX wizards would be like, all right, JJ, this is what we can do with this footage. This is what she says. These are the camera setups. Now you write a scene around that. Yeah, exactly. Like you would, you would think it'd be the opposite way that like they would, that JJ would essentially have this movie written and then he would figure out how to fit the footage from episode seven in with Carrie. It's not how it happened. He wrote those scenes and he wrote specific parts of this movie around that footage. Like he didn't just try to shoehorn her in. Which you can, some people can argue that like, well, that's why it felt weird and that's why things, you know, there, there were certain parts of that movie that, that felt rushed or didn't feel in place. But like Kathleen said, like JJ said, and every one of the actors that was interviewed during that little segment that Matt was talking about, you couldn't tell the story of episode nine without Carrie, like without Leia oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah she so, had to be in there. So it was just it was neat to see how they brought her back and you kind of saw how Daisy had to essentially act with nothing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think it showed in a few of those early scenes for sure. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the stunt piece. I always love the stunt stuff. I think stunt people get fucked over that there's no uh, Oscar or award for them. I mean, these fuckers, they are the people that make movies like this excellent, really to make any movie excellent. That Eunice woman is she's intense. A boss, but that's kind of how they are, man. Like now you know why my stunt buddy is. You know, sometimes when he's trying to critique me, he's such an asshole. Like they're just fucking intense. Yeah, and that's just how you got to be, I guess. But in particular, I like the Adam stuff and how he basically told her, like, listen, Kylo wouldn't do that. Kylo would do what Kylo wants to do. Yeah, I mean I that. Like, that's almost like how. Harrison was on Indiana Jones like he was telling Spielberg like like that whole remember in Indiana Jones um it was it was the first one it was uh Raiders of the Lost Ark there's that sword scene and then he shoots the guy yeah 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 yeah. that was all Harrison right and that's the same thing that fucking Adam does yeah but I mean we we've I think we've all heard that Adam is I don't think he's as method as what's his name from my left foot Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. Like, I don't think he walks around for all six months as Kylo Ren. Who knows? But I I think on set he is like that. 
Yeah. So like this use, like, yeah, no, do, 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 do. and he's like, listen, motherfucker, I'm Kylo Ren. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's like uh, Kylo. And really, I mean, honestly, Nick, the, the best part of this documentary to me are the few minutes you get of Adam Driver uh, enthu- enthusiastically talking about this role. Like I could take two hours of just listening to him talk about yeah. himself play Kylo Ren Ben Solo. I, I really do like the way that he talks about the physicality of Kylo and how he took that personally. Like that was something cause he does all of his own stunts. Like Adam does, he did every stunt in every movie. And the reason that he does that is because he said like Kylo is a very physical character and I have to know that it's being done properly. So that he doesn't let people do stunts for Kylo. He does it all himself. Oh yeah. No, he is Kylo on that set. So I mean, the, the whole Kylo part with Adam, like I said, it's just, it's so fascinating to hear that guy talk about the character. I mean, you can tell that he loved them. And again, it's a shame that we didn't get more of just, you know, um, exposition on that character just through Adam, but is what it is. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor part was neat. I mean, seeing Ian get dressed up and in those robes. I mean, man, that, that fucking costume was fantastic when it you was. see it in that light, dude. Dude, it's just like... I want that. I, li- yeah. I literally want to wear that. Like, I want that as a robe to wear around my house. It's just like I- Ian McDermott is, is one of those characters that's so... Well, he created a character in Palpatine that's so next level that no matter what he's in... If he is playing Emperor Palpatine, it's good. Like, no matter what you think about Tross, when Ian is turned on and he's Palpatine, it's like, it's a transcendent experience. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It was, I mean, I just, and that's why I wrote it down. I also, I I found it interesting. They explained why Kylo's helmet looks the way it does. And it's based on old Japanese pottery and how they used to use gold to fix smashed pots and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I, yeah. And they also explain really why cool. he wanted. You know, it just makes him feel more powerful. It's like, hey, whatever. Uh, it's just because <laughs> he hates Ryan Johnson. It's why that happened. <laughs> uh, the Sally Guinness cameo. All right, granddaughter of Alec Guinness. She was at the the meeting of the First Order officers when Kylo first walks in with his helmet reforged. Yes, uh, that was kind of um, neat. <laughs> you know what I thought was funny about this doc? Anytime they showed Alec, he looked miserable. Oh, the guy, <laughs> it, it, well, he's on record saying he fucking, I mean, hated start, like hated doing it. He felt like Yeah, because he thought it was like cheap cinema. He's like, this is not, you know, he was a classically trained well, Yeah, British I mean, actor. there's that one segment where, you know, Harrison's just fumbling lines left and right and, and Mark's yeah. fucking around like laughing like a doofus. And Alec is literally sitting there going, I wish I was dead. Who the fuck signed me up for this? I'm <laughs> yeah. firing my manager, my agent, my wife, everybody. Yeah, he, he probably has turned over in his grave multiple times knowing that he is most famous and will be most oh, famous. Oh, he hated it. Like, for... I, you know, the older he got, he's like, I, I, it's the bane of my existence that I am forever known as this Ben, ben Kenobi character. No one else knows anything I've ever done. It's sad for him, but also not many actors can ever say that they will live on. Yeah, in dude, bro. Yeah, you're immortal. Anything. Like you're, yeah. you are literally, you are an immortal hero, a legend, yeah. literally. Like let that, let that so, sink in. Get over so, it. 
All right. Uh, I also found the – I don't know if you got up to this part, Nick, but they showed how the quicksand was done. That was all practical. I thought that was Yeah, neat. I saw that. It was, that was, it was all black beans. Yeah. That was interesting. Black yeah. beans, and then they literally just dug a big hole and put shipping <laughs> containers down there and had, like, an elevator system. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like, the fucking shit – the, the shit people MacGyver figure out in the money and manpower that movies require. It's like, I know everyone makes fun of the industry and they're like, you know, it's fucking Hollywood elites, the liberals, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, dude, when, when movies productions are going like that, a lot of people are, are, are getting Employed. work. Yeah. yeah. Like good labor work. Yeah. And they showed like, they, they put tons of people to work in jordan like on the wadi that Rome set, the fucking like, army basically yeah the, yeah like the yeah like, actually uh, i i had some of that uh, like the, the desert stuff i mean the, they they brought the army in the the jordanian army uh we got i think they there there was a bit where they really put the focus on the dynamic between ray and kylo i, I did enjoy that daisy talking about the uh, the fight and how it sucked to fight out in, in the cold and yeah uh, she was like oh well i won't really have to do this <laughs> and then yeah, she right. realizes like oh i really do have to do this <laughs> yeah i thought that was the, the babu frick stuff was great to see yeah. how he was ran i mean he required four motherfuckers in green suits in addition to the voice actress moving Who was his mouth. working the mouth yeah that was crazy <laughs> and, and yeah what, what did he have and that little fucking head, he had it was something like thirty-one servos or some shit. Yeah, to like make all of his. That face. is just insane. I also I mean, thought it was cool that like Mark was there the whole time, like he was. The yeah, one who was kind how of, about that? Like, it's almost like they gave Mark a tour of the of the behind the scenes and the sets. He's probably yeah. there a day, maybe a day or two, or after he did a pickup or something. But he, yeah, I mean, you can tell Mark he loves all this shit, like the creature stuff, the. Yeah, uh, the puppets, this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, I did, I did enjoy that having Mark there. Yeah, uh, the the Williams thing again. He gets another focus here where they actually explain so his cameo in the film, but also the fifty-one Easter eggs. So yeah, that was insane. Isn't that crazy, dude? dude? And just shows you yeah. how thoughtful JJ is. Yeah. So that was the last thing that I saw was the Williams breakdown. So anything. Well, I saw the Babu, like the full Babu Frick breakdown. But once you got into like the, I got to the part where they're talking about, they started talking about the the Death Star wreckage. And that's how like JJ has wanted to go there since The Force Awakens and everything like All that. Right, yeah, but yeah. I didn't really get <laughs> It's not like I'm going to spoil anything for you. And, and yeah. we need to get quicker anyways, probably. <laughs> we're dragging things as usual. But uh, another one I, I get into that I enjoyed, it, it goes into the ocean fight. And I I don't know I I don't know if a a, a fan or a reader or or just someone online posted this or if it's in the documentary, but they make the comparison between the the Mustafar battle and this battle, yeah. And how this one you have the the dark figure ascending to the light, so it's in the in the it's out in the open. You got the the waves, the water. It's very light toned, mm-hmm. and then the Mustafar, you know, you had the light going the dark so it was all shitty and fire and death and carnage see like shit like that it just makes you appreciate this film so much more like when 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 you hear the filmmakers whether it be terrio like terrio talks a lot 
and JJ talks a lot, and you see the the detail that they put in, just like ex- them explaining how they built Kajimi to be based off of Akira Kurosawa. Oh yeah, work oh yeah, I, I love like, this shit. I mean, this, this documentary is fantastic for that. I will say though, for someone like me, it it still depressed me a bit because, as Nick said, you, you see all the ideas these people had, and we know how many were cut, and then it's just you know it compounds into well fuck the whole trilogy ended up kind of being a bummer because it didn't pay off the you know the movies individually are, are pretty are all pretty good but together it's not cohesive so it's a fantastic documentary for filmmaking in particular making a star wars movie but it's also kind of depressing when you're like uh in multiple senses this is the last skywalker movie you're never going to see this shit again i mean we know a lot of the stuff that these people worked on never made it into the film, and we'll never see it ever. Um, but it is it is good. I mean, you get a good Adam, more Adam with this ocean part, Nick. Uh, Han, you get some some uh, discussion on the Han part, and Harrison clarifies something. Yeah, I, I think you, you'd like to hear this. He clarifies <laughs> that he never wanted Han to just die. He wanted him to die, but in a meaningful way that added to the story and really kind of cemented Han's uh, legacy. So that's what really drew him back was right. that like it wasn't that like we're just going to kill you. Like we're going to have you get run over by. Yeah, a and it, it does bike. sound like he genuinely <laughs> cares about the character, cares about the character, but also the character's impact on adam driver's character it's almost like harrison's respect for adam and what adam has done with ben and their tie through you know their their character's lineage he was like you know i i i wanted this to happen for the character of ben solo to to give him more gravitas almost yeah um this one was was kind of shocking but i think we we knew it i mean Daisy literally has a direct comment on she was so glad that the Luke of old returned <laughs> in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I didn't get to this part yet, but you mentioned it to me, like kind of when we we're talking it, back. Dude, and when forth you about when it. you, there's no way it it will not make you perk up. Like if you you happen to be looking at your broken phone or something, <laughs> when you hear her say it, you will go, "Whoa!" <laughs> well, dude, like she also earlier in that doc, when they're going through and they're on Kajimi, she says something again like kind of a subtle jab at tlj she's like i didn't want any more of the kylo and ray from eight like yeah she she was like i was like damn yo (laughs) uh yeah it was rough so uh you also get a kind of a direct ben solo bit which was great but again sad because there was so little of it uh this is just an interesting nugget dennis lawson who plays wedge yeah literally sounds just like Ewan McGregor, and that is because they are direct relatives. I believe he's his uncle, That's his uncle, yeah. I mean, dude, my God. Nick, this is another one. (laughs) When you you hear this guy talking, close your eyes. You'll be like, that's fucking Ewan McGregor's up there. It's so crazy, too, because you know Wedge's voice. Like, you've heard Wedge speak before. (laughs) But they catch him, you know, doing behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, talking to JJ, and he sounds just fucking like Ewan. It's it's uncanny. I mean, I know I sound like my dad, but I don't hear it myself because I've heard him my whole life. But, you know, if two people listen to us, it'd be like, yeah, you guys are related. 
Uh, I just, it was weird. I never knew like an uncle and a nephew could just sound so similar. So I, I wrote that down. And then the last one, just for, you know, pretty much our, our main demo here. Uh, they, they do some stuff with miniatures and it literally is toy photography. They, they show how they shot the Jawa flyover at the end and it's literally, you know, using trickery. They had the uh, Jawas in the distance, a smaller sand crawler up front so they can make it look small, this, that, and the other things. So uh, it is a pretty good documentary. Uh, overall, uh, for filmmaking, excellent. Lots of great insights. But in terms of how it will make you feel at the end i was still like oh man i am bummed out like literally that's the last extended skywalker related content ever yeah. and it also reminded me of what this what rise of skywalker could have been without it being shaved down to a two hour and 20 minute long movie yeah i mean what i've enjoyed about it so far is seeing the joy that everybody has working on it and I only watched the tru- or the TLJ behind the scenes doc once, and that was really more focused on like on Ryan and on Mark and stuff like that. But I don't remember seeing the level of enjoyment from that I see in the trust. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I you know we, you, you never know, but there's been shit on Reddit. I believe there is a a, a subreddit dedicated to salty, uh, saltier than crate. Yeah, yes, that that's exactly okay. it. Lucasfilm yeah. employees that go on there and air their grievances, and the general theme. You know, don't quote me on this. I'm not trying to throw more pitchforks his way, but the general theme is that the crews that have worked on all the movies. Uh, we're glad JJ was coming back. Uh, it didn't yeah. sound like they quite enjoyed working with Ryan. Not so much he was a tyrant. It's just like, nah, this is this how we do things. We do it this way. Yeah. And I no, think you're right, dude. I mean, you watch this and I go, man, I should have left with my buddy all those years ago. Just fucking picked up and left and went out to L.A. Yeah. Because like how it, fucking excellent would it be to work on a movie like that? Yeah. It, it makes you want to be a it, part of that It's grueling work. It's horrible work. I, I've gone out with, with my dude when he was coordinating a, a decent project, and, and I was like, yeah, man, I'll come out on set all day. It was one of the worst days of my life. Because <laughs> you, you sit around and do fucking nothing, but you have to be there for like 12 or 15 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mind-numbing boring. I mean, it is awful. Dude, can you imagine having to do that yeah, in, in the a Wadi desert. Rum desert in yeah, Jordan? Fuck, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm never going to listen to these be like, oh, you poor thing. You worked on a Star Wars movie. I mean, fuck you. But trust me, it's not easy either. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the actors, they have it easy. They're treated like fucking gods and royalty. And you, you can even see this in this documentary. I mean, it's, it's hilarious how famous people are treated. It's fucking yeah. so disgusting, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's like they're dude, fucking it, gods, man. Demigods. He's oh, a demigod. Yeah. It's it's American. Like you can you can blame America for that. For oh, totally. You That's our listening. export, brother. I mean, our yeah. export is celebrity. Yeah, I know we have a lot of Australian listeners. If you want to blame anybody for why actors make as much money as they do and why they're treated the way that they are, that yeah. is one hundred percent. The U.S. of A.'s fault. Demigods. <laughs> Demigods among us. There's no doubt about it. 
But um, all right. So I yeah, like Matt was saying, this doc is definitely worth a watch, especially if you're just a fan of filmmaking. If you're a fan of Star Wars in general, because it does talk a lot about, you know, the original trilogy and what was being done there and George's vision. And it talks a lot about why the decisions in that movie were made specifically to loop back to things that were in the originals and that were in the stories that George were telling. So just give it a watch. I mean, it is long for a feature. I mean, it's a two hour long documentary, but in order to give you the, the, you know, the full picture view of this movie and how it pertains to the greater Skywalker saga, it, it required that amount of time. So give it a watch. Definitely worth it. And now Matt, you got it. Uh, it's that I don't time. know. Yeah, it, it, it's time. It's time for it's the top prime five. Time. But it's really the prime top time. six this week. The the Matt Haywood honorable mention has been dropped in to the top five Star Wars Instagram artist features of the week. So yeah, how I mean, about this, that? Before we get there, though, dude, I do have some mentions. So they I was going to say, up. They are keeping up. I mean, it's not as many. I mean, the numbers are down in March again because you motherfuckers bail out on us. You know, if we're not stroking your egos long enough or every cast, you just bail. But numbers are still good. Way better than last year. Trust me. We are trending in the right direction. But it's never enough for me. Remember, I am the Sith, the (laughs) all-consuming. I need it all. I'm like Palpatine. Look what you have built. Oh, I love that. Uh, so yeah, dude, we got some good mentions this week. I'm actually trying to get the most recent one in there so I don't fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Bingo. Hopefully it syncs to my desktop soon. If not, yep, there we go. We got it. All right. So, uh, you know, it would not be an episode of Star Wars Time Show Prime Time without a mention of Greg Bird, right? Yep. There he and is. This guy has dedicated his life to the the Star Wars Time Show, to myself, to Nick. Uh, I think he would take a bullet for us at this point in time. I would or hope so. Or at least catch us on fire. <laughs> uh, but anyways, th- th- this week, this motherfucker listened to last week, and he, he said <laughs> I, I was the one asking for this. I thought Nick did, but either I'm way, it doesn't sure matter. i pretty sure it was me. It was fucking hilarious. This guy made miniature Star Wars Time toilet paper for assholes. With our logo printed on the miniature toilet paper. And it I saw it, it yeah. looks fucking yeah. perfect. Like it is perfect. I, I saw it and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this motherfucker made it. <laughs> I don't even so know I don't even know how he pulled this one off. I mean, where he gets a little bag for this shit. I mean, it is the the the, the, the crafting that this guy gets into and dedicates to the show. Is, is unbelievable and greatly appreciated. I mean, it's just fantastic. <laughs> oh, Who man, knows? Yeah, it, it may come great. to the point where we have to ask Greg to send us these little paper rolls that'll like stick on one of our fingers and we'll have to, you know, yeah, jam we, up we our may, ass and wipe it that way. We, we may need these in real life, Greg. I, toilet paper is in dire supply right now in... Yeah, we're, we're going to be getting to the, just uh, the, old, the old hand method. Wipe the hand, get in the shower. Yeah, because <laughs> don't we, even do that. Just get in the shower and fucking spray it out like a bidet. Oh man, I may have to see if we can get a bidet, <laughs> like one of those, like connected bidets. Hell yeah, here. a Toto yeah. toilet. 
<laughs> yeah, that rich people get. Hell yeah, dude. Need need one of those. All right. Uh, next up, we got a pretty cool mention from South P twenty four. Paul, uh, I think we talked. Uh, I don't know if we featured him last week. I this believe week he or... did make the top five last week. Yes. Uh, but anyways, he uh, he posted a a picture on his account South P twenty four, and the caption was, "After seeing the amazing heavy Mandalorian shot by at Robo Scott." And listening to Matt and Nick from at Star Wars Time Show talk about his pile of bodies setup, I was totally inspired. So here's my take on it. Look at that. Well, there thank we you, go. sir. Thank you, South P. I'm glad we could motivate you to create an excellent looking shot. I think that's awesome. See, people, they do like us. People really go. do like us. People listen. We are popular, we are cool. We get toilet paper made for us, and people are inspired to create art. Shit, dude. <laughs> We're becoming demigods ourselves. Uh, next up, this is kind of a personal one here, but I was like, hey, why not? I'll throw it out there. This is for the Haywood Pop, what, what? Steadily declining and dying on Instagram. That's how I roll. <laughs> uh, my reach now is all the way back down to 281 after reaching upwards of 1,600 just four weeks ago. Fuck you, Instagram. Eat a dick. Yeah, I'll go I hope you die. Powerful. Seriously. Instagram <laughs> and Facebook, they both can get COVID-19. <laughs> uh, but anyways, back to my little uh, horn tooting. Uh, there's this new account on, on the scene on Instagram, Toy Photography and Art Channel. And the dude made a personal video for some of my shots to showcase on his channel. So I thought That's that was awesome. quite nice. And then last but not least, this one just came in today because I featured a shot from Intergalactic Raptor. I love that, bro. Right. So and good. he said, thanks for sharing my pick, guys. I super appreciate it. It cheered me up during a particularly crappy day in work. Thanks. There That's you what go. we're here for, right? We may be a bunch of assholes, and you all may be a bunch of assholes, but we're here for each other. We, right. we try to make everybody's quarantined work a little bit easier now. I mean, none of you, if you're working from home, if you, hopefully a lot of our listeners are not affected work-wise by this whole catastrophe that's happening. Unfortunately, if, if I'm are, sure that's not the case. Yeah, In that's fact, not the case. Our, our, our buddy Cryo just got hit by it. Um, yeah, he got, he got let go on the unemployment, so he's going on the government vacation, as he said. Yeah, that's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, a, it's hey, man, I like I said, it. shit's fucked up. I mean. But hopefully, hopefully, you listen know. Listen to science. Listen to doctors, please. Yes. Don't listen to anything else. Yes, exactly. There's some that is a dumb good. shit going on. Did you see those fuckers in Arizona killed themselves? Yeah, because they took aquarium tablets. Yeah, because great leaders said it, it can heal. It's like, yeah. come on, people, use your fucking brains. Yeah, don't don't do that. But you know what? I hope that you know people who are affected, people who are working from home, you can get a little bit of joy by listening to us idiots spout. You know, bullshit about Star Wars and, and just try to entertain you for a couple hours a week. So, yeah, I mean, Nick may be joining yeah. you soon. I know, right? Fuck. Right. <laughs> I mean, Fuck. I think he's taking like an early retirement. So, bro, I I am, you know, I got the house coming on the 30th. <laughs> my, my, really, my thing is, and, and, you know, I have to make sure that I have motherfucking internet as soon as possible because. Oh, yeah, the, the show collapses quickly. Like, 
society may make it a few more months, but it's starting to sound like the Star Wars time show may be collapsing by this weekend. Yeah, so I I, I know that I can get AT&T U-verse, thousand up, thousand down internet for like 60 bucks a month. It's just a matter of whether they can come out to the house and hook it up. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> so, dude. The show... Maybe going solo, or like I said, I'll be putting up applications while Nick's trying to figure out how to get plugged back into the universe in quarantine with literally nothing to do because he will not have internet. I will tell you that my refrigerator will not be getting here until April 1st, which is three days after I close. Uh, so. You're done. <laughs> Nick, is, Nick will be MIA for the foreseeable future. I'm making the prediction right now. It's, it's, yeah, it's he's going to be, be going Walking Dead. He'll be like Rick Grimes shooting motherfuckers here by next week. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting. I need to time. eat. <laughs> so it's yeah. But anyways, you know, dude. Well, hopefully we're, we're, not, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure we'll it figure out. We'll figure it out. If anything, I'll we, we can do a a call in. I'll yeah, like the, the quality phone. will just be shit. We'll have to do it uh, like Skype wise, and it'll just be real beat. But we'll, we'll, trust yeah. me, we'll, we'll get it going. Fear we'll not. But let's get on with this. So this is the top five plus one, as we're going to be calling it from here on out. This is yes. where uh, I think this will kind of be the flow. You know, we've been doing this, trying it out in 2020, where one week I shit on myself with one of my shots that Nick surprised me with, and the next week we do an honorable mention. Nick's been doing them, but it you know kind of makes sense that maybe I picked those. So uh, we'll we'll kind of be doing that. So we're gonna go ahead and let Nick do his top five, and then I'll get into obviously my honorable mention, which you know is just Matt's, part of the top six. There's no real rankings here after all. Yeah. Matt's top one. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you better feel extra fucking special I know. when we get Out to of you. all of the shots. Honorable mention. There we go. So first up this week in the top five is a returning friend and member of the Top 5 crew. This is 030079AR. Oh, yeah. Ray or Ray or Rai. R-E-I, Ray. Yeah. So not not like Ray, our buddy from <clears throat> from Star Wars, but yeah. R-E-I, Sexy like Ray. other Ray. So what we see here uh, <laughs> is a... Yeah, this is really, a fresh one. It is. It's cool. I like it. It's a, it's a mashup of, of sorts, kind of, not even really a mashup anymore. But what you have is you have Darth Vader, Lego style. You have Mickey Mouse, Lego style, on a Death Star bridge, on a Super Star Destroyer bridge, sorry, looking at a Mickey-shaped Death Star. I thought this was fucking really, really cool. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's good work all around. I don't, I'm assuming that the two figures are the only practical things in this shot. Everything else is... Uh, digital, but you know, zero three zero zero seven nine AR, which is AR array, uh, just always does a, a, a just a bang up job in post with yeah, adding the in the effects and really dressing up the shot and making it pop. And clearly, you get some of the the, the tongue in cheek here. You know that Disney's the evil empire now; they own the <laughs> license and they're they're destroying it and this, that, and the other thing. But I just from a pure art creation standpoint this one is is an eye catcher it is it's really eye catching it's really fun in the concepting that ray put together here and just really all around as a is a fun play on the new kind of star wars dynamic that we see in the world so um at zero three zero zero seven nine a r on instagram well done 
Beautiful shot. Moving on to the next up in the top five. This is Rust Belt Collector. All right. He's definitely in the pack of assholes. Rust oh, Belt yeah. Is, Rust Belt uh, Collector is, a, yeah. is an avid he, follower he interacts. of the show. He's he an interactor. Interact. And what we have by him is a fantastic shot um, for, of a bunch of wartime stormtroopers going down on Mimban. So his his caption here is third battalion next to company of the two twenty fourth holding the front lines on. See, Mimban. I always like, I always like motherfuckers that know all this shit. Like they either yeah. know how to make it up and it makes sense, or like, they, like, like if I said research. that, like I have no clue how military shit's broken down outside of what they say in movies. You know, you got like squads and then there's a platoon, and then there's fucking fucking battalion and a company and this that and the other thing. It's like either Rust Belt. <laughs> knows how that shit is and makes this up or he actually knows some sort of story where there was troopers that are in this actual company i just i'm always impressed by that as you know not as much as the shot the shot's fucking killer Uh, yeah but i mean i think it might be is this the company or is this like the a division of troops that were on Mimban. That's what I mean. Like, does he know that from Canon or something? Was that in like the solo visual dictionary or cross reference? Or is he just pulling that out of his ass? Cause you know, you know how to lay down that type of uh, military division designation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, I know that. So like looking up, I don't, I don't think that, that it's real. I know that Nexu company is a, it's like a guild for Star Wars: The Old Republic. There you go. So that's what that's I mean. The only that, thing that I came mean, in the end, who cares? It's a shot. That's why we're here. But yeah. I just, like I said, I my captions are so fucking dumb and basic. They're they're <laughs> either like the initials or the blah blue or blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this shot. I mean, really, what makes it sing and what makes it pop is the weathering. The amount of weathering. That Rust oh, yeah. Belt Collector was about was able to put on these these figures, and then that one laser blast you see coming from, you know, the the trooper. Yeah, the, 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 the poses there. are good, and the yeah. the depth of the shots good. I mean, he's got characters behind it. He's got dressing behind it. It looks like he's made little fucking sandbags out of God knows what. Yeah, I mean, it really, when you put the time into staging a shot, dressing it up, and you actually have these little props. I mean, that's the crazy thing. I mean, these little sandbags he's using, they're, they're probably like you could fit them. They're probably an inch inch long or wide or something like that. They're, they're so little, yet in this shot, the way it looks, it looks real. It looks life-size. So yeah, exactly. Uh, it, is a, it is a great wartime, war scene, as I call it, shot from yeah. the, the good old Rust Belt collector of Ohio. Beautiful, beautiful work there. At Rust Belt Collector, all one word, on Instagram. Well done, sir. Um, next up is, I mean, this is a, we've, we've featured this account before, and he's still kind of a growing account here on IG, 18 posts so far, uh, 516 followers. This is Kenobi1TO, um, and it is a, like, it's a fantastic shot of a clone trooper just kind of in the middle of what looks like a hurricane and a battle, just blasting B1 battle droids to pieces. Um, and I like his original caption here. He's clearly feeling the same COVID-19 fears that we are. His caption says, hands off my toilet what paper. What is the fucking... I, I still don't understand the, the toilet paper hoarding. Like, I mean, I don't get it what's either, What's wrong dude? with people? I think, 
like it happened before i know before shit even got real i mean that's what i mean it's like what the fuck is why if you're planning for a a pandemic and a lockdown would you instantly go to i need five hundred dollars worth of toilet paper i don't know dude because it like if it was me and a lot of people did this too pasta and rice are the first things that i'm going for I'm not like, kidding, dude. I mean, how I wipe <laughs> my ass is the last thing I'm thinking about right now. Because yeah, I'm like, locked down in my house. Worst comes to worst. As long as I have running water, I can get my asshole cleaned out. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to I don't care. Yeah, big the, deal. I might, I might get a little fucking fecal matter on my hand that I have to wash off again. But tough shit. Yeah, At least I'll have not... food. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I do. I love, uh, I love the pose. I like the, the, the lighting he got here. I mean, it looks like he comped in a background, or maybe it's Digirama. Who knows? But, I mean, the B1's got a, a great pose. Having that debris kind of behind him, uh, looking like it's in motion, it looks like it has a, some sort of motion blur on it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of adds to the action feel of the shot. But it is, it's almost like an 80s kind of action movie poster, right? Like. Yeah, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or, or Sly. Even I'm here to fucking kick ass and t- uh, you know uh, take names and kick ass type of thing. Yeah, and I like it too because uh, if you go on Kenobi One To's Instagram page, he does give you the BTS, and he's basically got the figure in front of a green screen. Ah, yeah, okay, and then there you go. Yeah, like he cuts in. If you go to the very first shot, you can see that there's really only like two B1s really there. And then he cuts in or he adds in a couple of them. You know, one is definitely added in in post or it looks like it is. And then he adds that background in on the green screen. I mean, it just like it's a really eye catching shot because it's like the the environment that he set it in. And then the way that he's got, like you mentioned, the figure itself posed um and then just the the b1s around him i mean just excellent job yeah it's a great shot great shot great composition all around yes kenobi At, two or kenobi blah, blah i know he even told the, us how to say it i fucking forget it i know i'd have to kenobi. go back and look again i think it was kenobi one to yeah because his one, name two. is toby kenobi one two kenobi one two his name is toby yeah so um kenobi one two there you go at K E N O B one T O. His name blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> um, oh, this next thing is just glorious. Oh, this next one is beautiful. So, um, what we have here is a is an absolutely incredible <laughs> digital painting. Done, is this? Yeah, this is a digital painting. Oh I yeah, believe, yeah. Done by um, C Violet Art, and it's her name is Camille Violet. Um, 40,000 followers on Instagram, but this shot of, of, of Darth Revan or of just, you know, of just Revan because he has his dark side lightsaber and his light side lightsaber, but he's kind of dressed in the more Darth Revan garb. But, like, the way that she was able to to make this image is just beyond so me. badass, dude. I mean, she, yeah. again, it, it is. It's like a motion blur, but in a digital painting. So I don't even know what the fuck that means or what you'd call that or if it's the same thing. Yeah. But it does, and she does it. It's kind of like her style. Yeah, motion. So she, 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 you know, has on her I mean, page. She's from French. Could, are French people Camille girls or boys? I believe girl. Yeah, but sure. It sounds I could good. Be. Either way, we're not trying to be dickheads, but. 
Yeah. Uh, but um, I mean, she she dubs herself as a motion design student, so that's why I guess that's why a lot of her figures and a lot of yeah, her everything has, and her looks art is in motion. like it's active. It's it's motile, if you will, kind of like sperm. Yeah, and. <laughs> And I mean, she she has a lot of different focuses as well. I mean, a lot on the Marvel and Star Wars front. But I mean, she is an absolutely fan. Yeah, I mean, the Revenant. He looks like he just wants to come out and fucking headbutt me, and then bring those two swords around and cut my head off. Yeah, exactly. Like he looks just, like he's or just about dissect to dissect me in half, and like just, Darth Maul me. Yeah, it's it's. I the, love it. The I way love that it. she love was, it. yeah, the way that she's able to capture that motion and really. I don't know, like, the level of detail that she has in this image of Revan is just mind-blowing in some spots. It's like, how the fuck did you even do that? Like, in his face mask, like, the way that she was able to recreate that mask. Uh, like it, it makes my head hurt. Yeah. It just it does not compute like that. I mean, this is like an air output right now. Yeah. Like, so, I'm beautiful. Just Camille Violet at... C V I A L E T underscore art on Instagram. Beautiful work. Just just scroll through her feed and just realize that you will never be as talented as this person. Period. <laughs> There's some like, shit talking from Nick. See, I told you. I mean, I told you uh, life's getting rough if Nick's starting to talk mad shit. <laughs> he's dude, like, it's just like he's like, hey, all you stuff. motherfuckers eat a dick. Yeah, it's like don't even try anymore. Like. But I, I mean, we have seen some absolutely fantastic, like Frangle art. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody in the top of five. Of course, is they are. It's good. It's good. Like, to, good to have a little hate in you, man. It's good for you. Let it out. Let mind, the poison out. Mind blown. This next one too is again like Captain Ordo is. It's my been boy. On yeah, top five I, I've said this before. Sean is one of my personal favorite toy photographers at this point in the game. Yeah, it's because and, and, of shit like this, dude. And it only gets. Yeah. I mean, he's someone again. Like a like a papa, like an everything, like a sir dork. Every week, if not every release, it's like I got to start weighing things. Like, uh, yeah. Which which uh, I mean, Captain how big of a makes. homer do we want to look like for some of these guys? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and but but C- CPT order. I mean, this fucking shot, dude, where he's got Mando evaporating. A trooper yeah. and the trooper's helmet drops. It's just like my God, the pose, the cape, the effect of the of the uh, disintegration. disintegration. Yeah. You got fucking Han back there chilling. Yeah, well, dude, it's, it's it's supposed to be a bounty, but yeah, I it's mean, a bounty, not necessarily. It's just such a dynamic looking static piece of art. Does that make sense? Right? It it does not oh, move, yeah. but it looks like it's moving. It looks like it's alive. You can yeah, feel like, the action. You see the scene that this is playing out in. Like, you see him, like, Mando is literally, he's probably not even running. Like, he's just walking with the bounty next to him. A stormtrooper fucking comes to approach him and it just disintegrates him. Yeah, he, he, he has to, like, to his ground. capes whipped up because he had to just reach behind him and, and grab his, his, his gat. And he's like, pa yeah. But I just, I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, what, what this dude is putting out with these indoor setups, the way he lights them, the way he stages and poses. I just, I, I love it. I mean, the guy's on a fucking tear right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of his stuff is just fucking killer fantastic. So, at uh, CPT underscore zero R-D-O on Instagram. 
can't say enough about this shot. I mean, it was it caught my eye immediately scrolling through the feed just because, I mean, like you mentioned, the lighting, the post-processing effects, everything that he did to this to make it look the way it does just sings. Beautiful, beautiful shot. Yep. So um, that's the end of my top five. So, Matt, let's get into oh, your top Nick's one. top five. All right. My lowly top yeah. one. But, hey, it, <laughs> top one is number one. Da, 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 da. All right, so I picked a shot from at Chespix66, Chris, Checkers, something like that. Uh, but this shot, dude, it, it, it perfectly portrays why I consider at Chespix66 to be the best natural light toy photographer on Instagram. That's right. I said it. Oof. The best natural light toy photographer on Instagram. Now, if he's using fucking lights and we can't see him, then I'm an asshole. But I'm pretty sure this dude always plans his sessions, always knows when to hit up Golden Hour. I believe, I think he's in Maine or something, but he's on a coast somewhere and he's close to the beach. It's a beautiful, flat, desolate beach. So the guy essentially lives on Tatooine for toy photography. And this shot of the sail barge, which is a toy. This is all 3.75-inch scale stuff, Nick. Flanked by the the mini skiffs with this golden hour sun-kissed background. It's just like, my God. I mean, look at that shot. It is... It's hard to believe that that's not an image from a movie. Like, it's just so well yeah. executed. No, no, it's if you think about it, it's no bullshit. It's literally the the setup and the location. You didn't have to worry about lights, shit blowing up, fucking particles. It's just beauty. Yeah, and that's what and, I mean. Like this guy, this is what he does. If if you look at Chess Pick sixty six. He predominantly shoots outside in natural light. Yeah. This is how I started. Now I'm all fucked up on, you know, I got to light it this way, do this, that. Even when I go outside, I feel like I got to have fucking lights now. But look, (laughs) you don't. I mean, look at some of these shots with the fucking sun in the background. I know. Yes. If you scroll through the feed, I mean, mean, Chess picks feed. Uses a little atmosphere aerosol. There's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, look at the golden hour action this dude puts out and oh, this, yeah. the, the, you know, the triple skiff here, the one, the one I'm talking about, just, you know, it just, like I said, it, it perfectly illustrates why I am calling chess pick 66, the greatest natural light toy photographer on Instagram. I can't argue with that, man. I mean, I, I love this shot, the sense of scale that he achieves for the actual sail barge too, by flanking it with the two smaller skiffs. I mean, Top and that's a real work. that's a real toy too. That thing costs like uh, they actually had to do a, a essentially a a Kickstarter. Hasbro had to do they had to get enough fans to essentially say yes, we'll pay you. I think it's like five hundred dollars for this if you make it. Wow! And enough really? people were like they're like yeah, we'll do it. They signed up, committed to it. So that that Jabba's barge that is a real toy. It's it's three and you know three and three quarter inch scale, so it's not as big as you may think but it's fucking big yeah yeah dude that it it looks fucking sick and 
well well worth uh, yeah totally the, totally the matt top one here another good for another good segment in the top five there my friend good choices i'm gonna thank myself for featuring them <laughs> and i'll thank you all for you know tagging and using using you can tell we we're, we're approaching the two and a half hour mark the brain is starting to fucking shut down Star Wars Time Show. I'm your host. This is Matt. No, anyways, you know what to do on Instagram. Tag. You want to get you want to get in on this fun? Join in. Hashtag Star Wars Time Show at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. That's how you can get your ass on the Star Wars Time Show during the top five or six or Matt's dumbass shots. Fan artist features of the week sound good all right now it's time to really do the dance and that is called the star wars time show hustle do it it's time to twist again all right anyways starwarstime.net we thrive on fans support listeners downloads ratings likes comments reviews the only way you can do that is by going to starwarstime.net that is the best resource for new and old fans and soon-to-be fans, future fans, past fans, StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can get all the information you need to be linked in with the Star Wars Time Show at all times. You can get the articles we put out there, the videos I make that no one watches. You can find the subscribe links to all of the podcast platforms we are on, which include iTunes, Android, Spotify, Tune in, you name it, we're there. Get subscribed. Once you're subbed up, now you just got to leave a rating and tell us how big of jerk-offs we are. But say it in a nice way or a bad way. It doesn't matter. The more ratings, the more people think we are awesome and listen to. And that's all we ask for. No hands are out quite yet. We do not have the sign asking for donations. But we might. If you don't keep spreading the show, don't spread COVID-19, spread Star Wars time show. There is always time for Star Wars time. There is not always time for COVID-19. Okay? And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Always. (laughs) 